0: Good evening, MJ. I feel so small. Good evening, MJ. How, How are, are you?
1: Good evening. I am fabulous. How are you? Episode
0: 34.5, for those that don't know, it's episode 2 of the Beyond the Curve. The MX podcast goes off-road. Uh, we're going to chit-chat about the Mideast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about the FTR race this weekend. We're going to talk about a little bit about the quads um, at FTR. We'll dive into the pros that were at the FTR and then... Maybe some silly season stuff and just because it's kind of besides FTR everything else is kind yeah. of done for the off-road side. So welcome to the porch. We if you hear an echo or a noise in the background, we are running the Ryobi fan because uh even though it's fall in Florida, it's decided to be warm, so we still have Skeeters. So mm. We're running a little bit of a fan to keep some air blowing to keep the skeeters passing through. So if you see us swatting stuff, we're not spazzing out. We're, we're killing bugs. But, uh, man, you went to North Carolina and had a little fall. How was that? I did.
1: Yeah, it fall was Fall weather, fun. not fall. Yeah. Oh, man, it was I, – I actually think it was hotter up there than it was down here. Really? Really, yeah. Um, it wasn't too bad humid, um, and even the temperatures weren't too bad. But the UV was so wow. high that if you were standing in the sun, it just felt like you were getting beat on. But uh, it was really good. Super, super dusty. Well, super that, dusty. that
0: went right along with the yeah. FTR this weekend. So dry dry time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about this because I saw a picture, of kind of a GPS plot of the track. And it literally goes around at an airstrip.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, We had a a six-and-a-half-mile course out there at the Mideast race this weekend, and um, it's called the Wilson Airport is what the airport is called. And it's literally like, I mean, it's in a residential area. Okay. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, you go to some of these FTR races and you're way out in the boonies, or even the GNCCs, you're way out in the boonies. It's in a residential area, I'd say maybe maybe 200 acres of land okay and you know we all just squeezed in there and so if you guys didn't see a track map over the weekend which i doubt most of you guys did um the airstrip kind of ran down the middle and it was almost like a horseshoe we were racing around around the airport or around the uh airstrip itself
0: how many how many like passes did you have because like i imagine that there was a small strip and then kind of a loop back around how did it work Yeah,
1: so we did we did a few passes um but I give I give extreme props to Mideast um a lot of their tracks are actually like this not the horseshoe design but small acreage land that they make work and they usually make it work extremely extremely well so now granted half of them work for GNCC so they have the track building experience but um I, I give a lot of props to middies for making half the stuff they that work uh, half the stuff they have work um, because a lot of it is these small 200 300 acre properties that um, they just stuff a race course in there and it races extremely well
0: all right so a few questions on the naive side what's the soil like You said it was dusty, but is it sandy sandy dusty or hard pack dusty what's what's the track? kind of consistency like?
1: Extremely hard-packed clay. Okay. Like, there was barely any ruts that formed. So, you get some um, square-edge,
0: California-esque yes, ruts or uh, bumps? Yeah,
1: very, very hard-packed, and um, I'm sure most of our viewers are from up north, because that's where the majority of racing is for XE. Well, viewers for this side of the podcast, at least. Um, and you guys know that the, the dust up there is so fine. It's so fine. It just gets... It gets in your lungs, gets in the back of your throat. So then when you take a water bottle during the race, it all just sits in your stomach. It's just sitting there sloshing around, giving you an upset stomach and stuff. And uh, compared to dust down here, the dust down here is like grains of sand. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets in places, but it's not it's not as, as fine. And, you know, you just kind of got to do it to understand what I'm saying, um, which I know you have raced in dusty conditions like that before, so you get it. But... It's just a the dust up there, just like the ground, the dust up there is way different than the dust down here in Florida.
0: Is it the standard red clay or does it have that mineral in it? Um, South Carolina had some of that like almost like a almost like a quartzy break up in the clay. Like it's got uh, some it shimmery was, stuff.
1: It was it was straight, straight clay, red clay. Straight okay. clay. Now one the Pro Hill, um which I hit every lap on this on this little two fifty hybrid and uh but one of the laps, I got stuck, and it was a it was a pretty decent straight-up hill, but it had rocks in it. And for some reason, this hill was the only part of the track that had, like, silt. I guess the clay had gotten so fine that it kind of turned into silt. Yeah. So um, <coughs> I had a rider get stuck in front of me, and I lost all my momentum, and it just happened to be on a rock. So <laughs> in that silt, I was just spinning on the rock. So I, I, I will say there was... a couple, that was really the one section of the track that had the silty base to it, but a lot of it was that extreme, I mean, almost like concrete packed, which is similar to what the FTR, not the clay, but the FTR yeah. race this weekend is on a, it's old, old mining property, right? Yeah. And, uh, Might as well race on this concrete. Yeah, it's, I mean, you do not want to hit the ground on that track. No.
0: no I have a radiator in the garage from the... that.
1: That proves that. Yeah. The... <laughs> that
0: proves how hard that um, ground is. How'd you guys not really results wise but how was it doing a buddy race how was it racing the hybrid how how was the weekend um, kind of being like a show up like an arrive and drive type rider
1: oh man it was great it really was I, I showed up I uh, I made very minuscule changes to the bike that I wanted to make and um, I just went out there and rode now I will say it wasn't set up for me obviously. Um, like the flex bars, which I never thought, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I guess classified as an A-level rider now. Um, I never thought I would notice a difference in little minuscule stuff. But man, I, let me tell you what I noticed the difference, the flex bars on, on all of my bikes. And even the, the flex bars I just got, which thanks you to uh, fast company. I just got a new set of flex bars for your dirt bike. Actually, that ah. is my dirt bike. Sort of kind of ish yeah. that I ride most of the time. You don't really ride it anymore. Um, but shout out to them—they got me out a set of flex bars. But I run the inner blue, and the outer yellow. Well, so on you're this bike, I'm I'm a very soft. Uh, I run double red. See, I, I'm so light that that, uh, that I can't flex them. So um, it's called I, the gym. I, yeah. <laughs> and I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I. Uh, it had double reds on the bike, Ooh. and so I was. There was no flex in those bars. It felt like I was running like some pro tapers with the uh, with the bar across them, and uh, so there was no flex, no give at all. And then uh, there was with the hybrid. Um, we we put it in a well. They put it in a fuel injected um, YFZ four uh, hundred and fifty chassis. But the motor is a carbureted motor, uh-huh. so there was the slide was sticking, so it made the throttle really hard. And I'm gonna sound like a really pre-Madonna here, but gosh darn it, my thumb was getting tired, <laughs> especially going from the uh, on my 4x4. Uh, can Am has a, it's called the fly-by-wire throttle, oh, yeah. and it's like a car where it's just an electronic. Throttle. So you press it, I mean, you could press it with your pinky and barely put any force to it. So going from that back to the cable throttle was definitely a little weird but all in all we had a good race um we ended up p5 on the day but i won't i won't say it's too i'm not going to complain too much because on a bike that i've never ridden before that was not set up for me and then he uh, he raced the youth race um the race before so i think he was out there for about an hour hour and 15 hour and a half and uh which congratulations to Brian Voigt. he uh with that finish, he was able to lock up third in the championship for this year. Um, but yeah, it was all in all a great weekend. I, so how I can't did you? Wait.
0: So how did you do your strategy? What was your like? How how did it work when you change riders?
1: How did that? How does that work in the buddy race? So most of the teams were swapping out every lap, um, but we knew going into the race that we wouldn't be able to do that just because. Brian was smoked after the youth race um, like I said he, he, he had to fight hard to secure that, that spot in the championship so he ended, up, he ended up going right back out and he raced the first two laps and then I finished it off now mind you Hunter Hart who won the overall this weekend did eight laps <laughs> so um, we, we only ended up doing six um, just due the track was so small and obviously, we're definitely not going as fast as Hunter. But if this puts it into perspective, how fast Hunter was going this weekend, he lapped up to sixth overall. Oh, wow. Sixth overall he lapped up to in a race that had 100 and something people in it. I mean, that's just unbelievable speed by Hunter. And uh, talking about this weekend's race, Harrison Lindsey, um, a, he's a college A rider, um, came out with the whole shot and led, I think, the first two laps on Hunter, and, uh, ended up, he ended up getting P2 on the day, but, uh, kind of stayed pretty close with, with Hunter, um, with the big money race, I mean, Hunter was able to come out, win $2,000, Harrison got 1500 I mean, can't complain when you're showing up uh, and, yeah. just showing up and riding, riding your
0: quad. Not bad, but that's, I'm glad you guys had fun, and it's a good way to kind of wrap up the, the National Regional Series, um, let's transition to ftr they had their second race of the season mm-hmm. um, on a familiar piece of property clear springs this club sadra i believe ran the race on the south if you if you're familiar with ftr the plateau at it, on at clear springs they ran the south east west and north side so They kind of left and went down and then went out to the southeast and then came back around and did the southwest up to the northwest corner.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then two weeks from now, Sunrunners is going to be on the north and northeast side of the property. Mm -hmm. So amazingly enough, this property is so big that they can run two completely different tracks um, and barely share. I think they may share start-finish yeah. area, but the rest of the track diverts and goes completely. But you want to talk about, we could have just put them in a circle right here on the porch. Um, it's old mining property being reclaimed, mm-hmm. and it, it's dry. Florida is super dry right now, and it looked like concrete with whoops. Square edge. Someone, oh, asked, someone asked in the FTR forum, where do you practice stuff like this? And I was like, California.
1: Yeah. like they, this is, There's nowhere in Florida nowhere, other than
0: this. There's nowhere to practice unless you just go on a road that's falling apart and ride on it. Pretty much. And and the danger is just as much. But uh, you have a family-friend relationship with a guy that's just starting in quads. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave me kind of the lowdown of the race. I'm sure he gave it to you, too, uh, of what the track was like. And he's like, man, ah. I didn't know there was something like this. And uh, <laughs> yeah. congratulations to Bryce. Second race. Second race ever. Uh, started 14th out of 18. Kind of had a bad start. Worked his way up into 8th. Mm-hmm. And um, ran 8th in the Open C class. Yep. And uh, congratulations. That's awesome. That's that's what you're trying to do is get other people involved in the sport. And uh, mm-hmm. I think he realized this weekend, like, dude, you can, he even said, he goes, the faster I went, the smoother it was, and I'm like, "That's awesome!" Until the first time you come off, and then you're yeah. like, "I don't know if I want to go that fast." Yeah, because boy, it, that I'm, I'm, it's just it. Ground hurts no matter what, but mm-hmm. this stuff, it doesn't budge. It's not like no. running in your backyard or running in sand and falling. It's, it's like landing on
1: concrete. I mean, I, you'd probably get road rash if you landed yeah. on it and
0: slid. It's, it, it's, it's so hard and and uh, parling that or turning that over to the dirt bike side jason crowley ran the sunday afternoon race and 14.5 mile course on sunday and he's like dude i said well what were the woods like he's like concrete we did have some sand and they had whoops so there was like three sections of sand and it was all whooped out or it was concrete with square edge and,
1: and I'm sure. Now I wasn't down there. Obviously, I was at the mid east. But I'm sure the 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 concrete fields were wide open.
2: Yeah. It was, so you're
1: having to you're having to go that speed, or else you're not competitive. And, and this is this
0: is a question I have. I am not a dust rider. I will tell you straight up. If I do not get a good start, and I go off into the first corner and it's dusty, I'm like, all right, let's just see how mm-hmm. this plays out and there are guys that will just baja through oh, yeah. in the dust i can't see in front of me i don't know if their vision's better if they don't care if their insurance is better what's it like on the quad side because on the bike side if i can't see and i've talked to multiple riders who i deem fairly good and they're they're all like no nah, man i i just yeah. i just cruise but these guys are coming from somewhere. I have obviously haven't talked to the right guy because the riders I talk to, they're like, no, nah, man, if yeah. I can't see, I just cruise until it clears up. And this weekend, you could look out on the ridge, and they were zigzagging. Like, I, I saw you guys going this way, and then guys going this way, and I'm like, wait, how are they all... But they were zigzagging down on the, on the ridges, and all you could see was dust. You could see, like, yeah. it looked like uh, Dakar, mm-hmm. and you're looking out, and like... Oh, that's a bike. Oh, look at the shadow of that guy. And then, wait, they're coming the same direction, but they really weren't. But it was so dusty, you could yeah, not distinguish. You tell. So, is it the same way on quads with the um, dust?
1: In my opinion, which it may be counterintuitive, what I'm about to say, because you guys have more people than us. But if it's just single track times what you have by two, because there's two wheels spinning up dirt, not just the yeah, one. yeah. Now, like I said, it might be counterintuitive because you have more people yeah. in your race. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it might be the same amount of dust. But if you are just one-on-one.
0: So are you, a, are you a going through it, or are you like, I'm going to sit back and let this play out?
1: I think I'm a solid in-the-middle type of guy. Um, I try my hardest to push, and usually how I do that is by trying to get um, as close to the guy in front of me as I can. Yeah,
0: that's the only way to defeat it.
1: Correct. Or if I can't get as close to them as I can, like maybe we're matching speed or or something like that, um, I try and at least be able to see his bike because if I can see his bike, I can see what's coming up ahead. I might not be able to visually see that dip in the ground, but if I see the way his bike is reacting over those bumps, I can prepare my body and my bike to hit those bumps the same way or better to make sure that I don't do what they did so yeah. that's my my tip of the day as an a level rider if you guys are racing in a dust race try and try and instead of looking at the ground directly in front of you because especially a lot of beginner riders that's what you do yeah you're looking at the ground directly in front of you try and look out at the rider that's in front of you not the ground in front of you and and visualize their bike and how their bike is moving and and you can If you do it long enough and you get good at it you can literally tell exactly what's about to come up without even seeing it because you're able to see what their bike's doing so it's kind of you got to know what to look for but also at the same time um you can learn how to do it it's not like you're born with it or you're not born and the only caveat i'll give
0: you to all that because i've done it when you do that tactic when they blow a corner, you have also blown that same corner. <laughs> that is and absolutely correct. when they cr- stop, you're hitting them because they, they missed the corner. And guess what? You were following that bike, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. Okay, well, we all missed it. Now how do we get out of here? Because you don't know where the corner
1: is because you can't see anything. So after, <laughs> after you're saying that, Beyond the Curve, the MX Podcast is not liable for any injuries that you sustain by doing any of the tactics <laughs> yeah. we talk about yeah. on the show.
0: Um. I didn't, I, I was busy Saturday. I actually had the chance because my life is multifaceted. I went to a cross-country meet to see, which by the way, I don't care what sport you're in. If you're in it, if you're in the sport, in it, I saw parents yelling at cross-country runners to pass. You can get four more runners, four more. It looked, I've been to the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. And the crowd looked like I was at the Indy 500 for a cross-country meet. It was a state championship. And then I had the opportunity to go to Dade City and watch uh, Motocross Mm -hmm. Saturday night. So I did not get the opportunity to go to to Bartow to watch the quads. And I didn't know if there were any big names or any big stories from the quad race on Saturday. Um, Or if it was kind of a a lull weekend. It was just standard FTR guys.
1: It was just a standard FTR guys. Um, Brandon won by minutes. He, uh, he ended up switching to the 450 this weekend now that GNCC is done, so he's back to training on the 450. Um, he won by, like I said, minutes.
0: Probably more fun on that course, honestly, just because you could slide a I little bit. So.
1: I would think FT, so. FTR, in my opinion, is 15,000 times better on a 450 compared to the 4x4, but I can understand why he races the 4x4 when yeah. we're in season. Um, but uh, Hunter is down here in Florida. But like I said earlier in the podcast he was at the money race in Mid East. Um, because that is his livelihood, you yeah. know? he's gotta he's gotta make make his, his money where he needs to make his money. So that's where he was at. So for on the quad side, it was just a standard standard weekend. But I know on the dirt bike side there was Dude. one one big name guy that was well, There was actually two big name guys. Oh two big name yeah. guys. So
0: Jack Chambers came home. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know, especially a lot, for, Jack Chambers started as an FTR kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, he and Jesse Ansley, and oh, dude, there was another kid that would they were they used to battle it out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and his dad was his really good. Either. I can't remember his name, but I apologize. And there were three of them that used to. They were different ages, yeah. somewhat, but they were like when you used to go watch Saturday races, you were like, "Dude, these kids are so good. These kids are crazy." Things. Yeah. And Jack transitioned to motocross, uh, super motocross, supercross. Struggled a little bit, um, had some rides, did some things. Got the opportunity to go race MXGP this year. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? I don't know the contract, don't really care. How cool is it that you get to go travel the world and race your dirt bike? Like, fantastic. On top of that, he got to represent Puerto Rico in the motocross nations. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? He's from Auburndale. He's a lo- He is as local as local can get. Yeah, what, 45 minutes? Yeah, and he is racing all over the world, representing Puerto Rico, a territory of the United States, or I don't even know if it's not a territory. It's I don't even know what they're called anymore. It's something. Something. And he came home, and he's going to be doing some off-road training to get ready for MXGPs, which is funny. We were all laughing at the race because there are some of the MXGP tracks that probably... Are about the same. Yeah. Feel, if you listen to podcasts that cover MXGP, some of their tracks are about as rough as yeah. the track was this weekend. Also, Justin Starling, who did the oh, GNCC, totally C- forgot
1: about Justin. At yeah.
0: Iron Man. Um. He finished what 14th, 15th, or something like that in the yeah. GNCC this weekend. He only finished seventh at the FTR race. I don't know if he got a bad start. I'm not sure. Yeah. He told point blank my suspension was not set up for this track. Now,
1: question, was that double A or overall? Double A.
0: Oh, du- uh, double A. Double
1: A. I don't know. He finished
0: seventh because I will get into that in a second. Okay. Um, but Jack, here's the difference. Jack would come through. He was wheeling. There was a section at the end that came through a cattle gate, which, by the way, the cattle were trying to cross the road, which was awesome because guys would come around the corner and cows would jump and buck and kick, yeah. and guys would keep coming. And then there was like this little, like, almost like a single, but like a roller. Mm-hmm. And then it just dropped off, and it was the standard finish where you go under the bridge. Yeah. That is getting eaten up so bad. Jack was wheeling through it. The lowest RPMs. The He's running, and it's like, ball, flying. Garrett Edmiston, who's like 40-something now, yeah. was... Was the guy in FTR mm-hmm. and had some national success in GNCC? He's like, whoa! And Jack's like, whoa! Jack was leading by a minute, led by a couple minutes. Did he? Yeah. He was always over a minute. He is riding so smooth. And I'm guessing the time in Europe because they have Saturday practice, Saturday practice qualifying, Sunday morning warm up, then the two yeah. motos. They're getting so much seat time. And the tracks over there are prepped completely different than our pro motocross tracks. Mm-hmm. So he came home, he hops on a bike. He hasn't raced an off-road race in I don't know how long. Yeah. Years. And he looked smooth. Jesse Ansley was not there because Jesse was doing a money race. At MIDI's MIDI's yep, yep, he was there. So he wasn't there this weekend. So it was Jack. It was Garrett, Hunter, Newworth. There were there were some good names. Some mm-hmm. of the top FTR yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. And Justin, those guys, it was 14.5 miles. They did five laps. They did 72.5 miles in just over two hours. They were flying. Flying. And Jack smoked them. Um, it was great race. But the, what I wanted to talk about, I said I was bring it up. Kyle McAfee, vet A, mm-hmm, at one point was top eight overall. In vet, what what row do they start on? Fourth row. Fourth row. Fourth row, top eight. He was.
1: And, <laughs> was and those funny. other classes in the afternoon race are no slops. No, There's multiple A classes. Because you have
0: double A, A open, A 250, A 200, vet A. That's your A. Mm-hmm. And you have the plus 30, yep. which most of those plus 30 guys are yeah. good riders. They just don't, they're not old enough to run vet A. So there's like five A classes. Mm-hmm. There was a kid on a 200 that was running top 10 for a while. In the A two hundred class, and
1: which typically they're on one twenty five. Yeah, yeah.
0: He was he was on a Yamaha. Yeah, and he was flying too, but he was screaming. He was not riding low in the RPM yeah. range. But I just thought it was cool watching Jack run so low in the RPMs and moving out because you hear most guys like a two feet, You got to rev it out. You got. He was just grinding it out like just, mm-hmm. and he had his European gear on. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is so. Cool,
1: like And that's got to be a tactic learned over there, over there, yeah. and from motocross and supercross. Because what do they, what do they always talk about? You know, Hayden Deegan, he's always revving it yeah. out. He's always revving it out. So when he comes by, he's revving it out. Usually on the broadcast, they're saying something like, "Well, you know, when you, when you," and then they compare him to another rider, like let's go, Christian Craig. Yeah. who rides very low RPMs. Well, in that low RPMs, you're freeing up the entire chassis. Your, your suspension's working more freely. You're, you're doing all that, uh, all the, uh, you're freeing everything up. So, in reality, that's where you need to be, is, is, is the low RPM? It, it just, it sounded, it
0: sounded awesome. He looked good. I will tell you, there were guys coming through, I will say FTR, Congratulations. I love the new scoring setup. They have the full time. It's full 2 hours now. Checker flag goes out at 2 hours. If you came through at the white flag and there was 1 minute left, dude, you got 30 minutes or 35. Yeah. Keep on going. You're going to run 235 and whatever it is, mm-hmm. but you get credit for that and it's up to you if you decide, "Hey man, I'm I'm willing to push another lap." Yeah. Um my buddy Jason, he did not have <laughs> he, he did not have his best weekend. Um he only finished tenth this weekend. He's 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 a perennial top five guy. Yeah. But in his class was Kyle McAfee who's running top eight yeah. overall. There's a wide variety of vet A guys and Jason point blank told me he's like, dude, that was it was rough. It was it was rough. And, and, track's always been and he loves a good rough track. Mm-hmm. Like he the first Bartow race with the mud, yeah. he was happy as could be. He was he was happiest. as he's like, dude, that was brutal. So I take it as it is. Like, he's straightforward. He's a pain in the ass, but he's straightforward. Yeah. And he was like, "Dude, that was nasty." I finished. I'm happy. He wasn't happy with this finish, but he was happy to finish. Yeah, to finish. And, uh, but no, it was it was good. And I'll tell you, some of the C classes. What I was going to get to is, there were guys coming through in 38th and 40th in different C classes. Mm-hmm. So the lines in the afternoon race were not missing people. Yeah. When there's 40 in a class on a 1 o'clock race, there's a lot of people That's out insane. there. So good good crowd, great crowd. Um, Sodra did an awesome job. They uh, they had the peewee track, had some like enduro cross sections oh, really? in it. Oh, yeah. So like Saturday, they do the peewees and mm-hmm. the peewee quads. They had enduro cross sections, oh. and they had a staging area. So instead of that melee of everybody, yeah. they had everybody in staging. Nice. So... Um, congratulations, FTR for continuing to, we fuss and we complain, but when you do something well, we have to give you props. Yeah. The start line this weekend was 280 feet wide. Okay. So that's almost a football field. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty damn wide start yeah, line. Absolutely. Um, I think the beginner class on Saturday had 55
1: people in it. I'm glad I didn't do my double header. I planned on So, <laughs>
0: FTR is doing well. The yeah. motorcycle world, Dade City Saturday night, man, I won't say full gates because that would be a, a lie, but big gates. Yeah. Um, good classes. I got home at 120 Saturday night or Sunday morning because there was racing on top of the costume contest and mm-hmm. the pumpkin run. And, but the off-road world right now, if you're up north and you have some vacation time, Come on down, do a race. Um, Bartow next week, uh, two weeks from now again. It's going to be, it will not be concrete. It is more of a sandy. I love the other side of the property. It's more, it may be dusty, but it's going to be more sandy. Oh, it's going to be dusty. It's Florida. (laughs) And uh, unless we get some rain, sandy. I saw some of the grass track sections they've cut. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, A lot of the course is going to be through the pines, Mm -hmm. through that, that back field section in the pit and all that kind of stuff, but. So that diversification of property. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's another one. And then November, I don't know where they go. And then, obviously, there's one in December. So if you're on vacation, check the FTR schedule because bring your bikes. Come race. They have a one-day membership. You can Mm -hmm. come. You won't get points, but it doesn't matter. Come enjoy. You can race in the Florida sunshine. Yeah. Um, And I'm not always the hugest proponent of FTR, but, man, it is Michelle and I went to the race on Sunday, and we just walked around. There
1: are people everywhere, like yeah. I mean, everywhere,
0: hack. yeah, hack. and it's just fun. Like, dude, what a great way to spend a weekend! Yeah, I mean, Dade City was the Even same if you're way. Not racing, yeah,
1: just showing up and hanging out, and
0: and that's all I did. I did it for two straight days. Yeah. I hung out at races, so but no, um, any bench racing stuff. I, I I I know that we crowned a champion in GNCCs, and we're in the heat of FTR. Have you heard of any rider changes, equipment changes? I mean, in the quad side, there's really not much equipment to change. But uh, is anybody retiring? Anybody moving
1: up? Anybody moving on? So on the quad side, um, it hasn't been uh, publicly released yet. And I don't know any more information than the majority of people out there. Um, But there's rumors in the pits of Polaris coming back for 2024. For 4x4s. oh now that like i said it hasn't been released yet um so who knows if it's going to actually happen or not i sure hope it does because
0: that puts another brand because that, that puts yeah.
1: another brand back on the market which would
0: be funny that the four by four side would have more brands than the sport
1: than side. sport quad side yeah. but hey maybe maybe it'll strike up something in honda like hey another brand's getting back into it maybe maybe uh, or even suzuki or or even k t m or Kawasaki, I know their quads kind of failed earlier than Honda's, but um so that's the that's probably the biggest news when it comes to uh quad stuff is that Polaris might possibly be coming back
0: um, is there would they come back with just support or would they come back with a
1: factory effort what's the talk I sure hope it's a factory effort okay um, the talk i'm hearing is that it might be uh Maybe a little bit of both. Um, but they're not coming straight from people I know at Polaris. So yeah. I can't confirm or deny that. Um, and I guess now as media, we're supposed to be covering this stuff. So maybe I should do a little bit more research before I come on the podcast. But well, Since it has four um, wheels, you have to dive into that. Yeah. Um, now, on the two-wheel side, our, our good Aussie buddy, Josh Strang, who just won the Ironman yeah. GNCC this past weekend, Without a ride for 2024. Really? No ride for 2024. So Kawasaki, Kawasaki
0: did not renew his deal. So is Kawasaki still going to continue? Kawasaki
1: they, is still continuing. Because so they,
0: have, they have not, Grant Baylor. They have Grant Baylor. They right? have Grant Baylor. Yeah. Um, Who, are they going to uh, grab somebody else? So Liam Draper. I know the name, yeah. What's really funny nope, is there's excuse also. Excuse me.
1: Liam Draper, I lied. Liam Draper is Yamaha. He just won the XE2 title. Okay. Uh what's his name? Which is funny cuz
0: there's a Liam that's battling for a Formula 1 ride right now too. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um,
1: while you talk, I'm I gonna guess DeLong
0: still going to be with Husqvarna. Correct. Cuz he's been with Husqvarna since like 2014. A I long did not know time. that. Yeah. I a didn't long know time. that either
1: until recently.
0: And uh, cuz I listened to actually I'm I'm two and a half months behind on my podcast, but he was a guest on Vital MX's podcast back in August and he was talking about his relationship with Husqvarna and they're required to ride too serious so he does NEPG and uh, uh, GNCC and mm-hmm. he's like 22 races a year 21 race that's you know that's a lot of racing especially when they're five and three hour races like they're not yeah it's not like he's and I'm not critiquing because I love the sport he's not doing a supercross. he's doing a three hour race on a Sunday and then driving to Ohio the next week to do a five-hour race in an enduro and, and, and it's like dude they do that back-to-back weekends sometimes so um he's also talking how he trains most of the time on motocross
1: i know a lot of the bike like i was just listening to josh Streng's podcast with steve mathis oh um, yeah that came out that yeah. just came out and uh josh was saying um on weeks that they don't have a race, they'll typically ride three times throughout the week, and two of them will be on motocross. Really? And one will be on Well, who wants to dodge roots every time they ride? Not me. Yeah. I don't. Um, so, the person I was trying to think of, Lyndon Snodgrass. Lyndon Snodgrass. Who was the reigning XC1, or XC2 champion this year. He went back to defend, um, but I heard he had some really bad health issues. Not injuries like during a race, but just, um, I can't think of the... the Epstein the, bar, um, I think it was something along the lines Mono, of Epstein Barr. One of those. It was something like it wiped him out for almost the whole season, pretty much. So um, he's moving up to XE one. Obviously, he took his year to defend. He failed, unfortunately, due to health issues. So he is now moving up to XE one. So I believe he is taking Josh String's spot. That's kind of uh,
0: that's that's gonna be sad because Josh has been a stalwart.
1: Uh, golly, how long has Josh been a part of GACC? A long time. So, in talking in the Steve Mathis podcast, um, he said he is coming back no matter what next year. Oh, really? He is going, if he does not secure a ride, which all the teams are full, so I don't really know where he'd be able to secure one at unless somebody just opens their doors up. Um, he's, I got a 250FX. Yeah, he said he's coming <laughs> um, full privateer effort next year if he uh, if he cannot. Hey, Fuzzy, you want to go GNCC racing next year? Yeah, now you got another sponsor. Yeah. I, um, which, talking about sponsored riders, um, I know this is, the, this is the XC side of the podcast, but um, I'm going to say ours because I think I'm a part of Beyond the Curve now. Our sponsored rider, Ryland, um, did the Dade City race this weekend.
0: Yeah, that was funny. He, uh, he got Dade City. We, call, we said he got Supercross. He, he came out tentative. Uh, he's, he's in the midst of some training. I'm actually going up to hang out with him on Friday. He's doing some testing at UF and uh, their sports science stuff. And um, I'm going to do a video with him up there. And he came to ride, smiling the whole time, had a great time. Um, Dade City is, it's a local race. Mm-hmm. There are guys that own Dade City. Yeah. And uh, Caleb Groves, one of the guys we mentor, he's a future MX rider. He rides for future MX. We kind of mentor him. We we have no affiliation with him. We just mentor him. Derek, much more than I. Yeah. Um, Rylan had a great shot out of the gate and then backed out too quick and I think got shuffled back to fifth at the first moto and second moto, we told him, like, dude, you gotta stay on the gas. I, I said three more rotations, so my, my my analytical mind is he just rolled out of the gas too quick. Yeah. Same gate, with a rut, got a whole shot, seven seven bike lead, kinda of faded back, and a local guy we thought I thought he got blocked pass, super cross mm-hmm. style. Cause Date said he's on the Saturday night track, is it's a smaller track. Yeah. It's more of a supercross model. Yeah, with safe jumps. And he's like, "No, Mr. Trey," because he calls me Mr. Trey. No, Mr. Trey. I got T-bone. Well, couldn't find anything. We found a video. Oh boy.
1: Oh, there's video. Oh, there.
0: there's video. Oh, he, he, he got T-bone. So basically, he was on the outside. We had told him work on your insides, work on your inside. He was on a flow, rolled the outside. And a guy basically just came in and just whoop got him, rolled him down. Caleb came off the track and said, Dude, I wish I was wearing a GoPro. Because he's like, You got T boned. It's fine. Rylan was yeah, Rylan yeah, yeah. was fine. He was happy with his whole shot. He was happy with his riding. He was it was a great night for him. Our biggest thing was come enjoy yourself, have fun. Absolutely. He did the pumpkin race. Oh, did he? Oh my god, it was silly. Like they're jumping doubles. And it's dumb, and he's like, I had so much fun, and he made twenty five bucks. I mean, he he made enough money that it paid for his entries and yeah. And so he had fun, and it was awesome. But yeah, he got he got date city. He local guy. Hey, this is I know this track, and you're not going to beat me. You're I don't not care gonna who beat you are. Me and and he he got cleaned out. It was fun. It was it was entertaining. It was a great night. I love the fact that he was fine. Like he was like dude, I should have protected my insides. Yeah. Like he knew, he, he knows Detroit. And I told him if you pull that shit in Detroit, I'm going to yell at you.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I'm going to yell at you. And he's like, yeah, I know. I should have protected the insides, but it, it was such a nice flow. Yeah. And that's because you're, they're jumping and they're just basically jumping, accelerating, rolling the berm. Oh, I see. Yep. If he just would have cut inside, he could have still cleared the table, the next table. But he was like, dude, it was so nice. It was just, yeah, it was, it was solid. Was. Yeah, and he got, <laughs> the video is awesome because you see him get hit and he goes, just down the berm, just <laughs> just down the berm. And he got up and he pressed and, and he did good. So fun night. He's safe. He's fine. Both yeah. bikes are still in good shape. Um, But no, <laughs> we were talking about the FTR race and he's like, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Like he he's pretty into like, I'm going to stay focused mm-hmm. on my supercross training, but. Um, that's where I, I enjoy both sides of it. Like I had a great time at Dade City. I had just as much fun walking around at the FTR race on Sunday. Um, so for me being at all of them and I don't care, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be very honest. I'm not the biggest quad guy because it's not my thing, but when they're racing, I'm there and I'm watching and I'm in it. So, but I also will go watch a lawnmower race if it was a going yeah, on. So absolutely. I don't care what the racing is. I'm a race fan. And this weekend it happened to be human power, uh, dirt bikes on a motocross track, and then dirt bikes on concrete on Sunday. So, it was just fun, but that's where we're going to cover all of this stuff and... I didn't get a chance to, to meet Justin Starling, but I have reached out to him on Twitter and some social media stuff because I'm just, I'm just happy. Like, hey man, thank you for coming out. Yeah, and participating. He gets honestly for those guys for a Supercross. He's a top 100 rider in the U.S. on motor uh, Supercross. Yeah, he's a he's a 15 out of 17 mains last year. Like he's he's a he's a world class Supercross rider, and he just came out to go to ride. Yeah, and. Honestly, give him some props because he's having fun. He's already wanting to do more GNCCs Mm -hmm. next year because for him, it's just fun. Like, it's just fun, and it's like, holy cow, this is a neat environment. So that off-road side, whether you're a motocross guy, but you want to go practice on motocross. I want to go practice on motocross. We love racing off-road. We have a sand pit out here that we can practice in, but we just want to go yeah. Ride the other stuff and for those guys who make their living one where the motocross the off road guys that go try to do motocross. Yeah.
1: Like Caleb Russell a couple yeah, years back.
0: Support the DeLong was talking about like they ask him on the vital where do you want goal, dream, dream ride, yeah. what would you want to do? He's like, I want to qualify for an outdoor national. He didn't say he wanted to make points. He wanted to qualify yeah. for an outdoor national and go ride an outdoor national. These guys just want to race, so if you have a friend that's an off-road guy that wants to try to qualify for Loretta's, support him. If you have a guy that races motocross and wants to go do a GNCC, support him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: we don't care what you race. We just want to come watch you race. race like, yeah. Like, we, don't, we really don't care. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like, MJ, I still don't quite understand the whole 4x4 thing because... I've watched multiple races. I remember when we snuck up to watch you in Georgia, mm-hmm. we were sitting in a corner and literally the sport quads would come in slide and the four by fours would come in. Literally the wheels are just biting. And I'm like, it's a completely different style of riding. And it's, yeah. but it was fun to analyze and watch and see. And I don't care. And for me, this weekend was just like, even my daughter, Brianna was like, did you have fun this weekend, dad? I'm like, I'm exhausted, but Yeah. I can't wait for the next one. Next like one. when's the when, when's my next one? But I'm taking Absolutely. this weekend off. I'm not going anywhere this weekend. Nowhere? No, nope, not this weekend.
1: There's a race in Date City. You got a bush hog this weekend, that's what it is. <laughs> you have yard work to do.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got barn barn responsibilities. <laughs> but uh but no. So what's on the what, what is MJ's off season schedule look like? So t- take us through where We're literally one day away from November. Well, by the time this goes out, it'll be November. Mm -hmm. We're in November. What does November through December look like before the kind of boot camp starts before February? Because first race in February. Mm -hmm. So what does November through December look like
1: for you? November through December uh, looks like quad work. Um, uh, I got to ship off my ECU to Darisi Racing. Um, we we've been battling a uh, ever since we came back from summer break we've been battling an issue where the bike will just randomly shut off boom it just um it almost cost me the the win at at the buckwheat earlier this year because um, it shut off and wouldn't we timed it on my gopro it wouldn't start for about another 30 seconds 30 to 45 seconds in between there it just didn't start so we've been battling that we've we've changed parts we've checked all the connections we've done all that um so If anybody's listening to the podcast that is a Can-Am tech or just is very knowledgeable about the machines and you've ran into this, we've checked the, we've checked, we've gone to the point where we've checked the fuel for water to see if there's water in the fuel. Um, We've done everything that we can think of. So we're gonna ship off the the ECU to Darisi, have them go through it, flash it back to stock, then reflash it with a race tune on it, um, just to make sure the tune's all good with it. like I said, I got my flex bars in today.
0: I think you just spoke so. Portuguese to me, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm not that technical. Just for all you that don't know me, I hop on a bike and I ride it. I don't understand anything. You basically
1: either. have a factory program that you pay for. Yes. <laughs> kind of like me next year.
0: <laughs> yes. I don't. I hop on this bike, ride it, because I don't understand most of it. So um, I'm I'm going to go get. I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go up to. He doesn't know this yet, but. Uh, um Oh, my goodness gracious. I have just brain farted. The The suspension shop that I'm going to. Sick, no, 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 no no, no, no. Oh. Keep talking, and it'll hit me later on, but I'm going to go actually try to. My buddies have tried to help me understand my suspension. I have a, I don't get it. I just ride. You're talking right now about what you're doing to your bike, and I'm like, cool. Unplug, plug, like. Neat, just hop on, hit the button, let's go. So, I uh power band, power, power band, ba- power band, Billy Edmondson. Okay, and uh, yep, he he has been on my other podcast and he's helped some professional writers mm-hmm. undisclosed, he's also helped some professional writers disclosed, mm-hmm. and he has a shop in Tavares. Okay. I just want to go. I want to walk in, because they have an open shop. You can go up there. It's in various' Oh, that's cool. You can walk up, and I want to go sit with him and say, explain to me, yeah, naive old man, what this means, what this means, when it kicks. Draw it
1: out with crayons if you yes. have to.
0: <laughs> explain to me so I can understand, because I have friends that say, well, what do you feel? Oh, well, I don't know what I feel. I just ride. Yeah. Well, what what happens here? so for you to be talking about yeah we have to flash this we have to flash that and i'm like cool that is gibberish to me but you have an understanding of it your dad has an understanding of it but most importantly the people that are you're surrounding yourself with have the understanding yeah. because i will tell you it's nice to have the understanding but it's also nice to hop on and have the confidence that it's just going to work yeah absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. not to take so keep going so you're flashing. You're flashing back to stock, flashing back to race, making sure it's good.
1: How do the steps go after that? So after that, we'll put it back on the bike. And the issue with this this problem that we're having is it's extremely, extremely, extremely intermittent. It, It didn't happen to me at the FTR, the first FTR of the season, but it happened to me at GNCC. And then... It's pretty much happened to me every GNCC after break. Like, it even happened to me at Ironman uh, this, this two weekends ago. Um, but it doesn't happen to me when I'm out practicing at the house. It's just extremely intermittent what's happening. So we're basically tying up any loose ends that we can think of and just praying that we don't have to...
0: I think you need some conduit, and you need to run all the wires through because after so many, so long... It's like so, there's a wire touching somewhere. That's it I'm has going, to be. I'm going with that. I'm going with that. I'm going with that. I you've got a wire on that gets hot.
1: and and later on, uh, maybe like episode ten or fifteen, we yeah. we we'll <laughs> figure it out. It, yeah. We'll figure it
0: out. But I'm going with that. I'm going with the hey, rewrap all the wires. There's a
1: wire grounding somewhere. Yes,
0: because because if it's not happening when you're out here, but you don't go for over thirty minutes. Yeah, out And an here. FTR race is only an hour and fifteen, and your races are two. So when's it happening?
1: Yeah. It's well, it varies. Typically it's towards the end of the race, I will say. There you go. So maybe I just need to do like a three hour long moto out here in the in the for lack of better words, yeah. the hellhole out here. We can go and, ride with all the people on Sunday. Oh yeah. And, and just, just ride with them. Go on the train tracks yeah. and, and ride out. For there. those
0: that don't know, we live we live out in the middle of nowhere and on Sunday the people that make all of us off road racers look bad come ride their side by side quads, and dirt bikes down the railroad tracks the easement and they literally they start and they ride and they ride all day and they ride from one city to another city and they turn around and at dark they go home and I always laugh because I'm like they're the reason that we racers get a bad name and we ride on our own property we never leave our property Mm we 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 trailer our bikes everywhere when we go ride and we're the reason, we are not the reason that there's a bad name. It's the people that are riding on other people's property because for some reason, people haven't figured out that there's no property that's publicly owned in this area.
2: Yeah. Everything no. is
0: privately owned. So when you're riding, you're riding on someone's property. Yeah. But uh, that being said, if you really want to test it, an endurance test, you should just go ride with them. Yeah. They don't get in trouble. So you could hop no, in and ride do with them. they not in trouble. But you would look weird because you wear a helmet and gear.
1: Yeah, they do not do that. No. Sunglasses,
0: no. maybe, and maybe a hat. Yeah. But in uh, and flip-flops and, or Crocs. But, well, I hope you get that figured out. So training-wise, what does it look like for you? Do you – is it just riding? Is there cardio? What What is a – you're moving up to the A-class, so you saw what that looked like at the Ironman. What do you have to shift for your program and go ahead and put in order as you prepare for next season?
1: Um, I'm really going to try and start pushing this cross-training thing that I talked about last podcast. Um, like I got the – the set of flex bars for the dirt bike um to to help aid in the cross training and um i'm just going to really try and push that this off season um probably a little bit of off the bike cardio whether that's running e-bike rides road bike rides or just regular mountain bike rides um that will be in play as well i don't really do any strength training obviously if you're watching the video form of this podcast you will see that very clearly um it's okay but i still love you (laughs) but uh yeah november and december not much going on there's that like we like you spoke about earlier in the podcast there's that the one ftr race in november then there's another one in december however i'm gonna have to miss it due to the gncc banquet Um, i'll be up in west virginia for that one Um, that's worth it yeah i think so yeah and uh yeah just a lot of bike work hopefully doing some cross training, uh, getting home from work. That's the nice thing about the, the dirt bike is it is a heck of a lot quieter than the, than the four by four is. So I can maybe sneak home after work and, uh, hopefully be riding by five 30, And if I lug it around, like it's a four stroke, then, uh, then I hopefully won't get in trouble with, uh, get called out on Facebook anymore. <laughs> and, uh, like that has happened in the past. So, uh, We'll have, yeah. some, we'll
0: have to hit some moto tracks on a Saturday or something. Yeah,
1: I would love to. I've actually been uh, thinking about that maybe, because uh, with the quad, I can't really go to too many yeah. places. So maybe I have to go go to some places that I'm that I'm not allowed maybe, to go.
0: Maybe we'll do a. Uh, maybe we can go out and we can do a, a podcast from one of the motocross tracks of us training and just getting some seat time. Oh, me, that would be fun. Me with my kickstand and you with your yeah. two thousand five two fifty, and we can just go out and do. We, we can go do a ride day. At one of the, I mean, there's a gazillion of them. We can pick one of the ones and just go ride, and we can do a podcast from there and talk about the cross training stuff and and that kind of thing. And
1: um, maybe we can do a little crossover event and uh, convince Rylan to come out and ride with us, and he can join us on the XC side of the yeah. the podcast. I've, I've,
0: he would be he'd be game for that. He's he's pretty cool, pretty cool kid. I'd like to introduce him to this side at yeah, some absolutely. point just because he's. No, I've a, never met him. I would he's love to a, meet He's him. a cool kid. He's, for those that don't know, think of Ryan Dungy at 6'2". He's got that Ryan Dungy yeah. face. But it's so funny. For you guys, the XC guys, we're a little different. But we still care about our health. So Saturday at the race, I'm like, hey, man, it's going to be late. You want to grab something to eat on the way home? I'm sure there's something we can find for you to eat. And he's like, Mr. Trey, he goes, I bought my dinner with me. Of course you did. Of course (laughs) you did. So he had his healthy food, his snacks. He is part of Coach Rob's program. Mm -hmm. So he has his food. He has his stuff. So I talked to him, and I'm going to meet with him in Gainesville on Friday. I'm going to drive up Friday morning and meet with him. And uh, I said, hey, man, we're going to be done. You're going to meet him pretty quick. It's it's not a long test. We're doing some VO2 max stuff and Mm -hmm. some different things. And... uh, I was like, you want to grab some lunch? And we can just sit and talk. Oh, yeah. Let me search the restaurants to see if there's something that we can eat. As it's apparent, I don't care what I eat. (laughs) When I'm with him, I eat really healthy. So we're in a college town, so there's a lot of options. Yeah, absolutely. So he texted me today. I look forward to it. I can't wait. I found a couple restaurants that we can go eat at Mm -hmm. for lunch. And I'm like, fantastic. So... It, I know he's supercross, and that's his goal. But it, it doesn't matter if you're supercross or top level of cross country. Minus Stu Baylor.
1: Yeah, minus Stu Baylor. The rest of the... And Adam McGill.
0: Yeah, but even Adam does stuff, I think. But for the most part, they there is a training regimen and a dietary care yeah. that these guys have. I mean, and it just cracks me up because... Then there's guys like me and my friends, and it's like, yeah, we want to be healthy, but damn, that beer on Friday night really sounds good. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And so we are healthy, and then we, uh, hey, Rylan, you want to drink a beer? Like we, we he came down to visit. You want to drink? A, oh, our battery oh, our died. died okay. Uh oh. You want to You want to drink a beer? I've never had a beer. Really? Oh, no. He says one time I had a beer. What about a soft drink? I've never had. He drinks water, and I'm like. Dude, we gotta get you to. But then I feel guilty as as the person who's supposed to be. It's like your peer pressure. <laughs> it's like I don't want to peer pressure you, but there is this life thing that yeah, it's, it's
1: you're not limited. It's to It's okay,
0: it. but I also this is his belief. This is what he does, and I'd like to dive in. I can't wait. To, I I would love to get a guy like Jesse Ansley or Absolutely. one of those guys on that they kind of do this off road wise. I'd love to get one of the the high guys on and see what. If they're the same way, or if occasionally, they let their hair down. Like, yeah. we can't do Stu, and I'm not making fun of Stu because whatever he does works for him. And I don't know if he actually would be the same if he did one of those programs. I, I I believe that you you get into your program and you believe that program and that's what works for mm-hmm. you. And but I I only say that because like for him for him we've talked for years about what he needs to do and. You're having success, but is there something that we can change and
1: what's gonna make you better? Yeah, and, and, and Yes, you're already good, but what can make yeah. you that much better? Yeah, so
0: we we joke and that's gonna be kind of I think we might have a focus on that of like, is there stuff you're adding as we get into next season? Is there stuff you're adding, is there stuff you taken away? Is there something you changed? Yeah. Is there so that I think that would be a fun way to do it and just so you guys know, MJ's working hard on This side, I am not the go out and get the interviews. I will sit down and do the interviews. Mm -hmm. I'm not the go out on on the motocross side. That is Derek's. On the off-road side, that's MJ. Not because I think I am a super, super shy person. If someone introduces me, we will talk for hours. Yeah. But I'm not going to be the one to walk up to you and start a conversation. um, Point blank. So, MJ's working hard on getting some guests. We will probably do stuff remotely um this is a, a cut down version we don't have our podcast set up we're doing yeah. it remotely so we are very very flexible so if we need to go to a writer's house we'll do that and um we're gonna do stuff like i think it'd be awesome to do one at the new motor bros when it opens yeah. up and go down there and how many jumps did you roll i jump. i rolled all of them yeah and, and i didn't talk about, single one yeah and talk <laughs> about what it's like to be an uncomfortable guy on a dirt bike yeah. and and that kind of stuff. So we're gonna hit a lot of stuff. We're gonna get Jason back in here at some point because I actually love it. He's he's an opinionated son of a gun, but he actually follows this stuff and yeah, and, very
1: knowledgeable person. And he's
0: super knowledgeable and and he has fun talking about it. So we're gonna get him in with us one night and we're gonna do stuff. And it's kind of slow right now, but we're. All st- keep talking about things if there's nothing to talk about we may just put content out instead um but for this week it was really the mid-east and it was the ftr yeah and it was the fun at the mid-east and it was the i'm gonna say the star power on the sunday race at ftr it was for missing a few of the top riders there were still quite a few top riders and um good turnout good racing And even though it's getting colder, racing is still hot in this area of the country. And um, like I said, if you're on vacation, you're coming down to visit family, bring the bikes. There's a race. There's places to ride. There's off-road parks. There's Croom, which is if you follow motocross or off-road, every major rider from the 70s to now burns laps at Croom. Oh, yeah. Cooper Webb and Aaron Plessinger were at Crome before Outdoor Nationals this year, mm. burning laps. Yeah, on a Tuesday because no one goes on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So there are places to ride down here, things to do. There's a new enduro that's been added. So there's, golly, there is stuff just absolutely. Florida is the place to be in the winter time. I'm guessing probably like California and Texas. Yeah, but if you're coming down to Florida to go to Disney World, pack up the bikes. Find a race and come join us. And if you're really interested, reach out to us. We'll do a pod with you. And we don't care. Like, we Absolutely. really don't care. But uh, anything you want to add before we wrap it up?
1: I don't think so. Nothing too crazy. And if, um, like he was talking about with the interviews, if there's anybody that you guys specifically want us to try and get on an interview. Be realistic. Yeah. Because we are we are small. I don't know the numbers. I don't have access to the numbers. But, I'm sure we are not the biggest off-road podcast or MX podcast out there. So, um, In Spanish, they're Piquito. Muy piquito? Or mm, just mu- pequito? We'll say muy pequito. Muy pequito. Muy so pequito. we're muy piquito in the podcast realm. So be realistic. Yes, we have our s- sources and our contacts. But, you know, do I think we can get Stu Baylor on the podcast? Not as of now. No. So, you know, be realistic in, in who you want and who you ask about. Of course, everybody wants the the top guys but if there's an amateur that you guys want us to to shout like nick DeFeo or jojo cunningham on the dirt bike side or um somebody on the quad side like uh i think grayson eller would be a great interview um he's an xc2 quad rider uh for phoenix racing his dad actually owns phoenix racing the team well, that'd be cool i'd like so to talk about phoenix racing that would be a that'd great be cool. interview and i've also seen his dad also get on a podcast as well so maybe we could get the two of them to come on one day so so we have to go to north carolina
0: though is that where they're based out of where are they based out of north carolina we, I, that's a good i story. mean if
1: you're down i'm down yeah, i we'll 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 do we'll, it. we'll get out there but okay. uh yeah i think that's all i have okay so.
0: well as always that's m j Adonis who are your sponsors you have to you um, have to get you have to get smoother at this
1: so yeah i have my weeklies because yes. i uh you have so many. You have to. Yeah, out. I'm not. I'm not used to the podium. You know, <laughs> as a kid, I never got the. I never really got the opportunity to thank my uh, sponsors. So here's my weekly. Um, as of now, it's J parts. Um, anything really, four x four um, on the Polaris or Can Am side. I know they do a little bit for sports quads, but mostly for four by fours. Um, the slack in your Can Am steering, um, from that bushing, the stem, and the pitman arm and the pitman arm bushing. Uh, they sell a kit. Um, all in, you're about 850, I think, but that comes with a brand-new stem, brand-new pitman arm, and both bushings. It's going to eliminate your slack, and you're not going to have to replace those bushings. I got new bushings at the beginning of this year. Haven't had to replace them all season, and that's multiple GNCC races, multiple FTRs, Mideast races. Um, so clearly, clearly the best product on the market and way okay. better than stock, along with their tie rods and ball joints. Um, as you know, uh, at the Georgia race, I had an OEM tie rod fail on me. Well, after that, we upgraded, uh, J parts haven't had an issue since. So, um, another one, as you can see on my hat, ignore my long hair. We have, uh, the Voight family. Um, they own TMS traffic management solutions. They are a huge sponsor that has recently come on board this season, really over the summer, um, we've been friends for a while now, but really over the summer they've come on board with the program and really excited things coming for 2023 or 2024. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so and I can't wait to anounce, announce those things. Hopefully here on the podcast first, first, uh, first announcements with it. So um, those are my two sponsors for the day. Shout out to TMS, the Voigt family, and shout out to Jay Parts for making some amazingly phenomenal amazingly phenomenal amazingly great products for especially the Can-Am and Polaris well for me since we're going our shirts I'm going to say
0: this is always bought to you by Michelle and Trey with Century 21 at your service realty and damn it USA in the so, USA in the USA but no uh, this is always because of my wife and our, her commitment to my love Uh, of racing this is this whole thing is funded by Michelle and Trey Real Estate and um, we just love racing we love watching kids do things that astound us Um, and we'll do it again next week I I say 34.5 I don't know what we're going to do when there's a break with the motocross podcast because we are going to take a break I don't know if We have an invisible number, or if we, like, if it's next week and there's episode, there's no 35, and we we come, do we just come three? Because that's going to be weird, but guess what? It's okay. Or we
1: do 34.75. Yeah, Yeah, something like that.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, we're literally doing this as we go, but um, no, we have fun, and I love hearing the off-road side from MJ and kind of diving in more, and we're going to have fun. We're always gonna have fun doing it. We're we're gonna be serious, but we're also just gonna have fun. Whether we're sitting in someone's trailer doing this, mm-hmm. or we're sitting in someone's shop, or we're sitting in someone's car with a thing attached to a, it's a like a, a phone mount on yeah. the window. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have fun doing it, and we're gonna bring the information, and um, we look forward to the interaction. MJ is much better at the interaction with the community, and um, I'm just more or less the mouthpiece but uh look forward to it thank you for joining us for episode 34.5 which is episode two for those that are trying to figure this all out this is episode two of the uh, beyond the curve the mx podcast goes off road that's mj i'm trey we'll see you next time (music) bye-bye Good evening, MJ. I feel so small. Good evening, MJ. How are, are you? Good
1: evening. I am fabulous. How are you? Episode
0: 34.5, for those that don't know, it's episode 2 of the Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast goes off-road. Uh, we're going to chit-chat about the Mideast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about the FTR race this weekend. We're going to talk about a little bit about the quads um, at FTR. We'll dive into the pros that were at the FTR and then... Maybe some silly season stuff and just because it's kind of besides FTR everything else is kind yeah. of done for the off-road side. So welcome to the porch. We if you hear an echo or a noise in the background, we are running the Ryobi fan because uh even though it's fall in Florida, it's decided to be warm. So we still have Skeeters. So mm. We're running a little bit of a fan to keep some air blowing to keep the skeeters passing through. So if you see us swatting stuff, we're not spazzing out. We're, we're killing bugs. But, uh, man, you went to North Carolina and had a little fall. How was that? I
1: did. Yeah, it fall was Fall weather, fun. not fall. Yeah. Oh, man, it was I, – I actually think it was hotter up there than it was down here. Really? Really, yeah. Um, it wasn't too bad humid, um, and even the temperatures weren't too bad. But the UV was so wow. high that if you were standing in the sun, it just felt like you were getting beat on. But uh, it was really good. Super, super dusty. Well, super that, dusty. that
0: went right along with the yeah. FTR this weekend. So dry dry time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about this because I saw a picture, of kind of a GPS plot of the track. And it literally goes around an airstrip.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we had a six and a half mile course out there at the East race this weekend. And um, it's called the Wilson Airport, is what the air- airport is called. And it's literally like, I mean, it's in a residential area. Okay. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, you go to some of these FTR races and you're way out in the boonies or yeah. even the GNCCs, you're way out in the boonies. It's in a residential area. I'd say maybe maybe 200 acres of land. Okay. And you know, we all just squeezed in there and so if you guys didn't see a track map of the weekend, which I doubt most of you guys did, um the airstrip kind of ran down the middle and it was almost like a horseshoe. We were racing around around okay. the airport or around the uh airstrip itself.
0: How many how many like passes did you have cuz like I imagine that there was a small strip and then kind of a loop back around how did it work yeah
1: so we did we did a few passes um but I give I give extreme props to Mideast um a lot of their tracks are actually like this not the horseshoe design but small acreage land that they make work and they usually make it work extremely extremely well so now granted half of them work for GNCC so they have the track building experience but um I, I give a lot of props to MIDI's for making half the stuff they that work uh, half the stuff they have work um, because a lot of it is these small 200 300 acre properties that um, they just stuff a race course in there and it races extremely well
0: all right so a few questions on the naive side what's the soil like you said it was dusty but is it sandy sandy dusty or hard pack dusty what's what's the track? kind of consistency like?
1: Extremely hard packed clay. Okay. Like there was barely any ruts that formed. So you get some um, square edge
0: California-esque yes, ruts very, or uh, bumps? Yeah,
1: very very hard packed and um, I'm sure most of our viewers are from up north because that's where the majority of racing is for XC. Well, viewers for this side of the podcast at least. Um, and you guys know that the, the dust up there is so fine. It's so fine. It just gets gets in your lungs gets in the back of your throat so then when you take a water bottle during the race it all just sits in your stomach it's just sitting there sloshing around giving you an upset stomach and stuff and uh, compared to dust down here the dust down here is like grains of sand yeah so yeah it gets in places but it's not it's not as as fine and you know you just kind of got to do it to understand what I'm saying um, which I know you have raced in dusty conditions like that before so you get it but it's just a the dust up there, just like the ground. The dust up there is way different than the dust down here in Florida.
0: Is it the standard red clay, or does it have that mineral in it? Um, South Carolina had some of that, like almost like a, almost like a, quartzy break up in the clay. Like it's got yeah, some it shimmery was, stuff.
1: It was it was straight, straight clay, red clay. Straight okay. clay. Now one the Pro Hill, um, which, I hit every lap on this on this little 250 hybrid and. Uh, but one of the laps, I got stuck, and it was a it was a pretty decent straight-up hill, but it had rocks in it. And for some reason, this hill was the only part of the track that had, like, silt. I guess the clay had gotten so fine that it kind of turned into silt. Yeah. So um, I had a rider get stuck in front of me, and I lost all my momentum, and it just happened to be on a rock. So in that silt, I was just spinning on the rock. So I I, I will say there was... a Couple, that was really the one section of the track that had the silty base to it, but a lot of it was that extreme. I mean, almost like concrete packed, which is similar to what the FTR, not the clay, but the FTR yeah. race this weekend is on a. It's old, old mining property, right? Yeah. And uh, might as well race on this concrete. Yeah, it's. I mean, you do not want to hit the ground on that track. No.
0: no I have a radiator in the garage from the... that.
1: That proves that. Yeah.
0: The... <laughs> that proves how hard that um, ground is. How'd you guys? not really results wise, but how was it doing a buddy race? How was it racing the hybrid? How how was the weekend um, kind of being like a show up, like an arrive and drive type rider?
1: Oh man, it was great. It really was. I, I showed up, I, uh, I made very minuscule changes to the bike that I wanted to make, and um, I just went out there and rode. Now, I will say it wasn't set up for me, obviously, Um, like the flex bars, which I never thought, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I guess classified as an A-level rider now. Um, I never thought I would notice a difference in little minuscule stuff, but man, I, let me tell you what I noticed the difference, the flex bars on, on all of my bikes and even the, the flex bars I just got, which thanks you to, uh, fast company. I just got a new set of flex bars for your dirt bike. Actually, that Ah. is my dirt bike, sort of kind of ish that I ride most of the time. You don't really ride it anymore. Um, but shout out to them—they got me out a set of flex bars. But I run the inner blue, and the outer yellow. Well, so on you're this bike, I'm I'm a very soft. Uh, I run double red. See, I, I'm so light that that, uh, that I can't flex them. So um, it's called I, the gym. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I. Uh, it had double reds on the bike, Ooh. and so I was. There was no flex in those bars. It felt like I was running like some pro tapers with the, uh, with the bar across them, <laughs> and uh, so there was no flex, no give at all. And then uh, there was with the hybrid. Um, we we put it in a, well, they put it in a fuel injected um, YFZ 450 chassis. But the motor is a carbureted motor. Uh So there was, the slide was sticking, so it made the throttle really hard. And I'm going to sound like a really pre-Madonna here, but gosh darn it, my thumb was getting tired. (laughs) Especially going from the, uh, on my 4x4, Can-Am has a, it's called the fly-by-wire throttle. And it's like a car where it's just an electronic throttle. So you press it, I mean, you can press it with your pinky and barely put any force to it. So going from that back to the cable throttle was definitely a little weird but all in all we had a good race um we ended up p5 on the day but i won't i won't say it's too i'm not going to complain too much because on a bike that i've never ridden before that was not set up for me and then he uh he raced the youth race um the race before so i think he was out there for about an hour hour and 15 hour and a half and uh which congratulations to Brian Voit he uh with that finish, he was able to lock up third in the championship for this year. Um, but yeah, it was all in all a great weekend. I so how not wait.
0: So how did you do your strategy? What was your like? How how did it work when you change riders? How did that? How does that work in the buddy race?
1: So most of the teams were swapping out every lap, um, but we knew going into the race that we wouldn't be able to do that just because. Brian was smoked after the youth race. Um, like I said, he, he, he had to fight hard to secure that, that spot in the championship. So he ended, up, he ended up going right back out, and he raced the first two laps, and then I finished it off. Now, mind you, Hunter Hart, who won the overall this weekend, did eight laps. <laughs> so um, we, we only ended up doing six. Um, just dude, the track was so small. And obviously, we're definitely not going as fast as Hunter. But if this puts it into perspective, how fast Hunter was going this weekend, he lapped up to sixth overall. Oh, wow. Sixth overall he lapped up to in a race that had 100 and something people in it. I mean, that's just unbelievable speed by Hunter. And uh, talking about this weekend's race, Harrison Lindsey, um, a, he's a college A rider, um, came out with the whole shot and led i think the first two laps on hunter and uh ended up he ended up getting p2 on the day but uh kind of stayed pretty close with with hunter um with the big money race i mean hunter was able to come out win two thousand dollars harrison got fifteen hundred i mean can't complain when you're showing up and uh, yeah. just showing up and riding riding your quad not bad but that's i'm glad you guys had fun
0: and it's a good way to kind of wrap up the the national regional series um Let's transition to FTR. They had their second race of the season, mm-hmm. um, on a familiar piece of property, Clear Springs. This club, Sadra, I believe, ran the race on the south. If you if you're familiar with FTR, the plateau at it, on at Clear Springs, they ran the south, east, west, and north side. So. They kind of left and went down and then went out to the southeast and then came back around and did the southwest up to the northwest corner. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks from now, Sunrunners is going to be on the north and northeast side of the property. Mm -hmm. So amazingly enough, this property is so big that they can run two completely different tracks um, and barely share. I think they may share start yeah. finish area, but the rest of the track diverts and goes completely. But you want to talk about? We could have just put them in a circle right here on the porch. Um, it's old mining property being reclaimed, mm-hmm. and it it's dry. Florida is super dry right now, and it looked like concrete with whoops. Square edge. Someone oh, asked. Someone asked in the FTR forum, "Where do you practice stuff like this?" And I was like, California.
1: Yeah. like they, there, this is, There's nowhere in Florida nowhere, other than
0: this. There's nowhere to practice unless you just go on a road that's falling apart and ride on it. Pretty much. And and the danger is just as much. But uh, you have a family-friend relationship with a guy that's just starting in quads. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave me kind of the lowdown of the race. I'm sure he gave it to you, too, uh, of what the track was like. And he's like, man, ah. I didn't know there was something like this. And uh, <laughs> yeah. congratulations to Bryce. Second race. Second race ever. Uh, started 14th out of 18. Kind of had a bad start. Worked his way up into 8th. Mm-hmm. And um, ran 8th in the Open C class. Yep. And uh, congratulations. That's awesome. That's that's what you're trying to do is get other people involved in the sport. And uh, mm-hmm. I think he realized this weekend, like, dude, you can, he even said, he goes, the faster I went, the smoother it was, and I'm like, "That's awesome," until the first time you come off, and then you're yeah. like, "I don't know if I want to go that fast." Yeah, because boy, it, that I'm, I'm, it's just it. Ground hurts no matter what, but mm-hmm. this stuff, it doesn't budge. It's not like no. running in your backyard or running in sand and falling. It's, it's like landing on
1: concrete. I mean, I, you'd probably get road rash if you landed yeah. on and
0: slit. It's, it, it's, it's so hard and and uh, parling that or turning that over to the dirt bike side, Jason Crowley ran the Sunday afternoon race and 14.5 mile course on Sunday. And he's like, dude, I said, well, what were the woods like? He's like concrete. We did have some sand and they had whoops. So there was like three sections of sand and it was all whooped out (laughs) or it was concrete with square edge, and,
1: and I'm sure. Now I wasn't down there. Obviously, I was at the mid But I'm sure the 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 concrete fields were wide open.
0: Yeah. It was. So you're
1: having to you're having to go that speed, or else you're not competitive. And,
0: and this is this is a question I have. I am not a dust rider. I will tell you straight up. If I do not get a good start, and I go off into the first corner and it's dusty, I'm like, all right, let's just see how mm-hmm. this plays out and there are guys that will just baha through oh, yeah. in the dust i can't see in front of me i don't know if their vision's better if they don't care if their insurance is better what's it like on the quad side because on the bike side if i can't see and i've talked to multiple riders who i deem fairly good and they're they're all like no nah, man i i just yeah. i just cruise but these guys are coming from somewhere. I have obviously haven't talked to the right guy because the riders I talk to, they're like, no, nah, man, if yeah. I can't see, I just cruise until it clears up. And this weekend, you could look out on the ridge, and they were zigzagging. Like, I, I saw you guys going this way, and then guys going this way, and I'm like, wait, how are they all... But they were zigzagging down on the, on the ridges, and all you could see was dust. You could see, like, yeah. it looked like uh, Dakar, mm-hmm. and you're looking out, and like... Oh, that's a bike. Oh, look at the shadow of that guy. And then, wait, they're coming the same direction, but they really weren't. But it was so dusty, you could yeah, not distinguish. You tell. So is it the same way on quads with the um, dust?
1: In my opinion, which it may be counterintuitive, what I'm about to say, because you guys have more people than us. But if it's just single track times what you have by two, because there's two wheels spinning up dirt, not just the yeah. one. yeah. Now, like I said, it might be counterintuitive because you have more people yeah. in your race. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it might be the same amount of dust. But if you are just one-on-one.
0: So are you, a, are you a going through it, or are you like, I'm going to sit back and let this play out?
1: I think I'm a solid in-the-middle type of guy. Um, I try my hardest to push, and usually how I do that is by trying to get um, as close to the guy in front of me as I can. Yeah,
0: that's the only way to defeat it.
1: Correct. Or if I can't get as close to them as I can, like maybe we're matching speed or or something like that, um, I try and at least be able to see his bike because if I can see his bike, I can see what's coming up ahead. I might not be able to visually see that dip in the ground, but if I see the way his bike is reacting over those bumps, I can prepare my body and my bike to hit those bumps the same way or better to make sure that I don't do what they did so yeah. that's my my tip of the day as an a level rider, if you guys are racing in a dust race try and try and instead of looking at the ground directly in front of you because especially a lot of beginner riders that's what you do yeah you're looking at the ground directly in front of you try and look out at the rider that's in front of you, not the ground in front of you and and visualize their bike and how their bike is moving and and you can if you do it long enough and you get good at it you can literally tell exactly what's about to come up without even seeing it because you're able to see what their bike's doing so it's kind of you got to know what to look for but also at the same time um you can learn how to do it it's not like you're born with it or you're not born and the only
0: caveat i'll give you to all that because i've done it when you do that tactic when they blow a corner, you have also blown that same corner. <laughs> that is and absolutely correct. And when they crap. stop, you're hitting them because they, they missed the corner. And guess what? You were following that bike, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. Okay, well, we all missed it. Now how do we get out of here? Because you don't know where the corner is because you can't see anything. So
1: after, <laughs> after you're saying that, Beyond the Curve, the MX Podcast is not liable for any injuries that you sustain by doing any of the tactics <laughs> yeah. we talk about yeah. on the show.
0: Um. I didn't. I, I was busy Saturday. I actually had the chance because my life is multifaceted. I went to a cross-country meet to see, which, by the way, I don't care what sport you're in. If you're in it, if you're in the sport, in it, I saw parents yelling at cross-country runners to pass. You can get four more runners, four more. It looked, I've been to the Indy 500, mm-hmm. and the crowd looked like I was at the Indy 500 for a cross-country meet. It was a state championship. And then I had the opportunity to go to Dade City and watch uh, motocross Mm -hmm. Saturday night. So I did not get the opportunity to go to to Bartow to watch the quads. And I didn't know if there were any big names or any big stories from the quad race on Saturday. Um, Or if it was kind of a a lull weekend. It was just standard FTR guys.
1: It was just a standard FTR guys. Um, Brandon won by minutes. He, uh, he ended up switching to the 450 this weekend now that GNCC is done, so he's back to training on the 450. Um, he won by, like I said, minutes. Probably
0: more fun on that course, honestly, just because you could
1: slide a I little bit. So. I would think FT, so. FTR, in my opinion, is 15,000 times better on a 450 compared to the 4x4, but I can understand why he races the 4x4 when yeah. we're in season. Um, but uh, Hunter is down here in Florida. But like I said earlier in the podcast, he was at the money race in Mideast, um, because that is his livelihood. You yeah. Know? He's gotta, he's gotta make, make his, his money where he needs to make his money. So that's where he was at. So for, on the quad side, it was just a standard, standard weekend. But I know on the dirt bike side, there was Dude. one, one big name guy that well, was, it was actually two big name guys. Oh, two big name yeah. guys.
0: So Jack Chambers came home, mm-hmm. um, for those that don't know, especially, in a lot of, Jack Chambers started as an FTR kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually, he and Jesse Ansley, and, oh, dude, there was another kid that were, they were, they used to battle it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and his dad was his really good. Either. I can't remember his name, but I apologize. And there were three of them that used to, they were different ages yeah. somewhat, but they were, like, when you used to go watch Saturday races, you were like, dude, these kids are so good. These kids are crazy. Things. Yeah. And Jack Transition to motocross uh, super motocross supercross struggled a little bit um, had some rides did some things got the opportunity to go race MXGP this year mm-hmm. how cool is that I don't know the contract don't really care how cool is it that you get to go travel the world and race your dirt bike like yeah. fantastic on top of that he got to represent Puerto Rico in the motocross yep. the nations mm-hmm. how cool is that he's from Auburndale he's a lo- he is his local As local can get. Yeah, what,
1: 45 minutes?
0: Yeah, and he is racing all over the world, representing Puerto Rico, a territory of the United States, or I don't even know if it's not a territory. It's I don't even know what they're called anymore. It's something. Something. And he came home, and he's going to be doing some off-road training to get ready for MXGPs, which is funny. We were all laughing at the race because there are some of the MXGP tracks that probably are about the same yeah, feel. If you listen to podcasts that cover MXGP, some of their tracks are about as rough as yeah. the track was this weekend. Also, Justin Starling, who did the oh, GNCC, totally C- forgot
1: about Justin. Yeah,
0: Iron Man. Um, he finished what 14th, 15th, or something like that in the yeah. GNCC this weekend. He only finished seventh at the FTR race. I don't know if he got a bad start. I'm not sure. Yeah. He told point blank my suspension was not set up for this track. Now,
1: question, was that double A or Double
0: overall? A. Oh, du- uh, double A. Double
1: A. I don't know. He
0: finished seventh because I will get into that in a second. Okay. Um, but Jack, here's the difference. Jack would come through. He was wheeling. There was a section at the end that came through a cattle gate, which, by the way, the cattle were trying to cross the road, which was awesome because guys would come around the corner And cows would jump and buck and kick, and guys would keep coming. And then there was like this little, like, almost like a single, but like a roller. Mm -hmm. And then it just dropped off, and it was the standard finish where you go under the bridge. Yeah. That is getting eaten up so bad. Jack was wheeling through it. The lowest RPMs. He's running, and it's like, ball, flying. Garrett Edmiston, who's like 40-something now, was... Was the guy in FTR mm-hmm. and had some national success in GNCC? He's like, Wah! and Jack's like, Whoa, Jack was leading by a minute, led by a couple minutes, did he? Yeah. He was always over a minute. He is riding so smooth, and I'm guessing the time in Europe because they have Saturday practice, Saturday practice, qualifying Sunday morning warm up, then the two yeah. motos. They're getting so much seat time. And the tracks over there are prepped completely different than our pro motocross tracks. Mm-hmm. So he came home, he hops on a bike. He hasn't raced an off-road race in I don't know how long. Yeah. Years. And he looked smooth. Jesse Ansley was not there because Jesse was doing a money race at MIDI's. Yep. He was there. So he wasn't there this weekend. So it was Jack, it was Garrett, Hunter, Newworth. There were there were some good names, some mm-hmm. of the top FTR yeah, guys. Yeah. And Justin, those guys, it was 14.5 miles. They did five laps. They did 72.5 miles in just over two hours. Absurd. They were flying. Flying. And Jack smoked them. Um, it was a great race. But the, what I wanted to talk about, I said I was bring it up. Kyle McAfee, vet A, mm-hmm. at one point was top eight overall. Which in vet, what in what do they start on? Fourth row. Fourth row. Fourth row, top
1: eight.
0: He was. <laughs> was
1: and those funny. other classes in the afternoon race are no slops. No, There's multiple A classes. Because you have
0: double A, A open, A 250, A 200, vet A. That's your A. Mm-hmm. And you have the plus 30, yep. which most of those plus 30 guys are yeah. good riders. They just don't. They're not old enough to run vet A. So there's like five A classes. Mm-hmm. There was a kid on a 200 that was running top 10 for a while. In the A two hundred class, and
1: which typically they're on one twenty five. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was he was on a Yamaha. Yeah, and he was flying too, but he was screaming. He was not riding low in the RPM yeah. range. But I just thought it was cool watching Jack run so low in the RPMs and moving out because you hear most guys like a two feet. You got to rev it out. You got. He was just grinding it out like just, mm-hmm. and he had his European gear on. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is so.
1: Cool, like, and that's got to be a tactic learned
0: from, over
1: there, over yeah. there, and from motocross and supercross. Because what do they, what do they always talk about? You know, Hayden Deegan, he's always revving it yeah. out. He's always revving it out. So when he comes by, he's revving it out. Usually on the broadcast, they're saying something like, "Well, you know, when you, when you," and then they compare him to another rider, like let's go, Christian Craig. Yeah. Who rides very low RPMs? Well, in that low RPMs, you're freeing up the entire chassis. Your your suspension's working more freely. You're you're doing all that, uh, all the uh, you're freeing everything up. So, in reality, that's where you need to be. Is 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 the low RPM? It, it just it sounded,
0: it sounded awesome. He looked good. I will tell you, there were guys coming through. I will say FTR. Congratulations. I love the new scoring setup. They have the full time. It's full two hours now. Checker flag goes out at two hours. If you came through at the white flag and there was one minute left, dude, you got 30 minutes or 35. Yeah. Keep on going. You're gonna run 235 and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But you get credit for that. And it's up to you if you decide, hey man, I'm I'm willing to push another lap. Yeah. Um my buddy Jason, he did not have <laughs> he he did not have his best weekend. Um he only finished tenth this weekend. He's 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 a perennial top five guy. Yeah. But in his class was Kyle McAfee who's running top eight yeah. overall. There's a wide variety of vet A guys and Jason point blank told me he's like, dude, that was it was rough. It was it was rough. And, and, always and he loves a good rough track. Mm-hmm. Like he the first Bartow race with the mud, yeah. He was happy as could be. He was he was happy as he's like, dude, that was brutal. So I take it as it is like he's straightforward he's painting the ass but he's straightforward yeah. and he was like dude that was nasty i finished i'm happy he wasn't happy with this finish but he was happy to finish yeah, to finish and uh but no it was it was good and i'll tell you some of the c classes what i was going to get to is there were guys coming through in 38th and 40th in different c classes mm-hmm. so the lines in the afternoon race were not missing people yeah. When there's forty in a class on a one o'clock race, there's a lot of people That's out insane. there. So good good crowd, great crowd. Um Sodra did an awesome job. They uh they had the peewee track had some like enduro cross sections oh, really? in it. Oh yeah, so like Saturday they do the peewee's mm-hmm. and the peewee quads. They had enduro cross sections oh. and they had a staging area, so instead of that melee of everybody yeah. they had everybody in staging. Nice. So um congratulations, FTR, for continuing to, we fuss and we complain, but when you do something well, we have to give you props. Yeah. The start line this weekend was 280 feet wide. Okay. So that's almost a football field. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty damn wide start yeah, line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the beginner class on Saturday had
1: 55 people in it. I'm glad I didn't do my double header. I planned on so, that.
0: <laughs> FTR is doing well. The yeah. motorcycle world, Dade City Saturday night, man, I won't say full gates because that would be a, a lie, but big gates. Yeah. Um, good classes. I got home at 120 Saturday night or Sunday morning because there was racing on top of the costume contest and mm-hmm. the pumpkin run. And, but the off-road world right now, if you're up north and you have some vacation time, Come on down, do a race. Um, Bartow next week, uh, two weeks from now, again, it's going to be, it will not be concrete. It is more of a sandy. I love the other side of the property. It's more, it may be dusty, but it's going to be more sandy. Oh, it's going to be dusty. It's Florida. (laughs) And uh, unless we get some rain, sandy, I saw some of the grass track sections they've cut. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, A lot of the course is going to be through the pines, Mm -hmm. through that, that back field section in the pit and all that kind of stuff, but. So that diversification of property. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's another one. And then November, I don't know where they go. And then, obviously, there's one in December. So if you're on vacation, check the FTR schedule because bring your bikes. Come race. They have a one-day membership. You can mm-hmm. come. You won't get points, yep. but it doesn't matter. Come enjoy. You can race in the Florida sunshine. Yeah. Um, and I'm not always the hugest proponent of FTR, but, man, it is Michelle and I went to the race on Sunday, and we just walked around. There are people everywhere, like yeah. I mean, everywhere, packed. yeah, packed. and it's just fun. Like,
1: dude, what a great way to spend a weekend!
0: Yeah, I mean, Dade City was the Even same way. Even if you're way. not
1: racing, yeah, just showing up and hanging out, and
0: and that's all I did. I did it for two straight days. Yeah. I hung out at races, so but no, um, any bench racing stuff. I, I I I know that we crowned a champion in GNCCs, and we're in the heat of FTR. Have you heard of any rider changes, equipment changes? I mean, on the quad side, there's really not much equipment yeah, to change. No. But uh, is anybody retiring? Anybody
1: moving up? Anybody moving on? So on the quad side, um, it hasn't been uh, publicly released yet. And I don't know any more information than the majority of people out there. Um, but there's rumors in the pits of Polaris coming back for 2024. For 4x4s. Four four by four. By oh now that like i said it hasn't been released yet um so who knows if it's going to actually happen or not i sure hope it does
0: because that puts another brand because that that. puts
1: another brand back on the market which
0: would be funny that the four by four side would have more brands than the sport side sport
1: quad side but hey maybe maybe it'll strike up something in honda like hey another brand's getting back into it maybe maybe uh, or even suzuki or Or even KTM or Kawasaki. I know their quads kind of failed earlier than Honda's, but um, so that's the that's probably the biggest news when it comes to uh, quad stuff is that Polaris might possibly be coming back.
0: Um, Is there would they come back with just support, or would they come back with a factory
1: effort? What's the talk? I sure hope it's a factory effort. Okay. Um, The talk I'm hearing is that it might be. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, but they're not coming straight from people I know at Polaris. So yeah. I can't confirm or deny that. Um, and I guess now as media, we're supposed to be covering this stuff. So maybe I should do a little bit more research before I come on the podcast. But well, Since it has four um, wheels, you have to dive into that. Yeah. Um, now, on the two-wheel side, our our good Aussie buddy, Josh Strang, who just won the Ironman yeah. GNCC this past weekend, Without a ride for twenty twenty four. Really? No ride for twenty twenty four. Kawasaki
0: did not renew his deal. So is Kawasaki still gonna continue? Kawasaki they,
1: is still continuing. Because so they
0: have they have not grant they have Grant Baylor. They right? have Grant Baylor. Yeah. Um who are they gonna uh, grab somebody else? So
1: Liam Draper I know the
0: name, yeah. What's really funny nope, is there's excuse also Excuse
1: me, Liam Draper, I lied. Liam Draper is Yamaha. He just won the X E two title. Okay. Ah, uh, what's his name? Which is funny because
0: there's a Liam that's battling for a Formula One ride right now too. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um,
1: While you talk, I am I guess the up. long
0: still going to be with Husqvarna, correct? Because he's been with Husqvarna since like 2014. A I long did not know time. that. Yeah, I a didn't long know time. that either
1: until recently. And
0: because uh, I listened to, actually, I'm I'm two and a half months behind on my podcast, but he was a guest on Vital MX's podcast back in August, and he was talking about his relationship with Husqvarna and they're required to ride too serious so he does NEPG and uh, uh GNCC and mm-hmm. he's like 22 races a year, 21 races. That's you know, that's a lot of racing especially when they're 5 and 3 hour races. Like they're not yeah. it's not like he's and I'm not critiquing because I love the sport. He's not doing a supercross. He's doing a 3 hour race on a Sunday and then driving to Ohio the next week to do a five-hour race in an enduro and, and and it's like dude they do that back-to-back weekends sometimes so um he's also talking how he trains most of the time on motocross
1: i know a lot of the bike like i was just listening to josh Stranges podcast with steve mathis oh um, yeah that came out that yeah. just came out and uh josh was saying um on weeks that they don't have a race, they'll typically ride three times throughout the week, and two of them will be on motocross. Really? And one will be on Well, who wants to dodge roots every time they ride? Not me. Yeah. I don't. Um, so, the person I was trying to think of, Lyndon Snodgrass. Lyndon Snodgrass. Who was the reigning XC1, or XC2 champion this year. He went back to defend, um, but I heard he had some really bad health issues. Not injuries like during a race, but just, um, I can't think of the... the when Epstein Barr? Um, I think it was something along the lines Mono, of Epstein Barr. One of those? It was something like it wiped him out for almost the whole season, pretty much. So um, he's moving up to XC1. Obviously, he took his year to defend. He failed, unfortunately, due to health issues. So he is now moving up to XE one So I believe he is taking Josh String's spot. That's, uh,
0: that's, that's going to be sad because Josh has been a
1: stalwart. Uh, golly, how long has Josh been a part of GACC? A long time. So, in talking in the Steve Mathis podcast, um, he said he is coming back no matter what next year. Oh, really? He is going, if he does not secure a ride, which all the teams are full, so I don't really know where he'd be able to secure one at unless somebody just opens their doors up. Um, he's, I
0: got a 250FX.
1: Yeah, he said he's coming <laughs> um, full privateer effort next year if he uh, if he cannot. Hey, Fuzzy, you want to go GNCC racing next year? Yeah, now you got another sponsor. Yeah. I, um, which, talking about sponsored riders, um, I know this is, the, this is the XC side of the podcast, but um, I'm going to say ours because I think I'm a part of Beyond the Curve now. Our sponsored rider, Ryland, um, did the Dade City race this weekend.
0: Yeah, that was funny. He, uh, he got Dade City. We, call, we said he got Supercross. He, he came out tentative. Uh, he's, he's in the midst of some training. I'm actually going up to hang out with him on Friday. He's doing some testing at UF and uh, their sports science stuff. And um, I'm gonna do a video with him up there, and he came to ride, smiling the whole time. Had a great time. Um, Dade City is—it's a local race. Mm-hmm. There are guys that own Dade City. Yeah. And uh, Caleb Groves, one of the guys we mentor. He's a future MX rider. He rides for Future MX. We kind of mentor him. We—we we have no affiliation with him. We just mentor him. Derek much more than I. Yeah. Um, Rylan had a great shot out of the gate and then backed out too quick. And I think I shuffled back to fifth at the first moto and second moto. We told him like, dude, you got to stay on the gas. I, I said three more rotations. So my, my, my analytical mind is he just rolled out of the gas too quick. Yeah. Same gate with a rut, got a whole shot. Seven, seven bike lead kind of faded back. And a local guy, we thought, I thought he got blocked past supercross mm-hmm. style because they said he's, on the Saturday night track, is, it's a smaller track. Yeah. It's more of a supercross model yeah. with safe jumps. And he's like, No, Mr. Trey, because he calls me Mr. Trey. No, Mr. Trey, I got T Bone. Well, couldn't find anything. We found a video. Oh boy.
1: Oh, there's video. On oh, it.
0: there's video. Oh. He, he, he got T Bone. So basically, he was on the outside. We had told him, Work on your insides, work on your inside. He was on a flow, rolled the outside. And a guy basically just came in and just, whoop, got him, rolled him down. Caleb came off the track and said, "Dude, I wish I was wearing a GoPro," because he's like, "You got T-boned. It's fine." Rylan was yeah, Rylan yeah, yeah. was fine. He was happy with his whole shot. He was happy with his riding. He was. It was a great night for him. Our biggest thing was come enjoy yourself, have fun. Absolutely. He did the pumpkin race. Oh, did he? Oh my God, it was silly. Like they're jumping doubles and it's dumb and he's like I had so much fun and he made 25 bucks I mean he he made enough money that it paid for his entries and yeah. and so he had fun and it was awesome but yeah he got he got date City he local guy hey this is I know this track and you're not gonna beat me you're I don't not care gonna who beat you are me and, and he, he got cleaned out it was fun it was it was entertaining it was a great night I love the fact that he was fine like he was like Dude, I should have protected my insides. Yeah. Like, he knew, and he knows, Detroit. And I told him, if you pull that shit in Detroit, I'm going to yell at you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: I'm going to yell at you. And he's like, yeah, I know. I should have protected the insides, but it, it was such a nice flow. Yeah. And that's because you're they're jumping, and they're just basically jumping, accelerating, rolling the berm. Oh, I see. Yeah. if he just would have cut inside, he could have still cleared the table, the next table. But he was like, dude, it was so nice. It was just, yeah, it was, it was solid. Was. Yeah, and he got, <laughs> the video is awesome because you see him get hit, and he goes, just down the berm. Just <laughs> just down the berm, and he got up, and he pressed, and, and he did good. So, fun night. He's safe. He's fine. Both yeah. bikes are still in good shape. Um, But no, <laughs> we were talking about the FTR race, and he's like, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Like, he, he's pretty into, like, I'm going to stay focused mm-hmm. on my Supercross training, but... Um, that's where I, I enjoy both sides of it. Like I had a great time at Dade City. I had just as much fun walking around at the FTR race on Sunday. Um, so for me being at all of them and I don't care, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be very honest. I'm not the biggest quad guy because it's not my thing, but when they're racing, I'm there and I'm watching and I'm in it. So but I also will go watch a lawnmower race if it was a going yeah, on. So absolutely. I don't care what the racing is. I'm a race fan. And this weekend it happened to be human power, uh dirt bikes on a motocross track and then dirt bikes on concrete on Sunday. So it was just fun, but that's where we're going to cover all of this stuff and I didn't get a chance to, to meet Justin Starling, but I, I've reached out to him on Twitter and some social media stuff because I'm just, I'm just happy. Like, hey man, thank you for coming out. Yeah, and participating. He gets, honestly, for those guys for a Supercross, he's a top 100 rider in the U.S. on motor uh, Supercross. Yeah, he's a he's a 15 out of 17 mains last year. Like he's he's a he's a world class Supercross rider, and he just came out to go to ride. Yeah, and Honestly, give him some props because he's having fun. He's already wanting to do more GNCCs Mm -hmm. next year because for him, it's just fun. Like, it's just fun, and it's like, holy cow, this is a neat environment. So that off-road side, whether you're a motocross guy, but you want to go practice on motocross, I want to go practice on motocross. We love racing off-road. We have a sand pit out here that we can practice in, but we just want to go – yeah ride the other stuff and for those guys who make their living one way the motocross the off road guys that go try to do motocross
1: yeah. like caleb russell a couple yeah, of years back
0: support the DeLong was talking about like they ask him on the vital where do you want goal dream dream ride yeah. what would you want to do he's like i want to qualify for an outdoor national he didn't say he wanted to make points he wanted to qualify yeah. for an outdoor national and go ride an outdoor national these guys just want to race, so if you have a friend that's an off-road guy that wants to try to qualify for Loretta's, support him. If you have a guy that races motocross and wants to go do a GNCC, support him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: we don't care what you race. We just want to come watch you race. race like, yeah. Like, we, don't, we really don't care. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like, MJ, I still don't quite understand the whole 4x4 thing because... I've watched multiple races. I remember when we snuck up to watch you in Georgia, mm-hmm. we were sitting in a corner and literally the sport quads would come in slide and the four by fours would come in. Literally the wheels are just biting. And I'm like, it's a completely different style of riding. And it's, yeah, but it was fun to analyze and watch and see. And I don't care. And for me, this weekend was just like, even my daughter, Brianna was like, did you have fun this weekend, dad? I'm like, I'm exhausted, but yeah. I can't wait for the next one. Next like when's the when, when's my next one? But I'm taking absolutely. this weekend off. I'm not going anywhere this weekend. Nowhere? No, nope, not this weekend.
1: There's a race in Date City. You got a bush hog this weekend. That's what it is. <laughs> you have yard work to do.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got barn barn responsibilities, <laughs> but uh, but no. So what's on the what does MJ's off season schedule look like? So take take us through. We're We're literally one day away from November. Well, by the time this goes out, it'll be November. Mm -hmm. We're in November. What does November through December look like before the kind of boot camp starts before Because first race in February. Mm -hmm. So what does November through December
1: look like for you? November through December uh, looks like quad work. Um, uh, I got to ship off my ECU to Darisi Racing. Um, we we've been battling a uh, ever since we came back from summer break we've been battling an issue where the bike will just randomly shut off, boom, it just, um, it almost cost me the the win at at the buckwheat earlier this year, um, because it shut off and wouldn't we timed it on my GoPro it wouldn't start for about another thirty seconds thirty to forty five seconds in between there it just didn't start, so we've been battling that we've we've changed parts we've checked all the connections we've done all that, um, so. If anybody's listening to the podcast that is a can am tech or just is very knowledgeable about the machines and you've ran into this we've checked the we've checked we've gone to the point where we've checked the fuel for water to see if there's water in the fuel cool. um, we've done everything that we can think of so we're going to ship off the, the ECU to Darisi, have them go through it flash it back to stock then reflash it with a race tune on it um, just to make sure the tunes all good with it um, like I said, I got my flex bars in today.
0: I think you just spoke so. Portuguese to me, but it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm not that technical. Just for all you that don't know me, I hop on a bike and I ride it. I don't understand anything. You basically
1: either. have a factory program that you pay for. Yes. <laughs> kind of like me next year.
0: <laughs> yes. I don't. I hop on this bike, ride it, because I don't understand most of it. So um, I'm I'm going to go get. I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go up to. He doesn't know this yet, but. Uh, um Oh, my goodness gracious. I have just brain farted. The the suspension shop that I'm going to. Six six, no, no, nope, no, no, six six no, no. Oh, keep talking and it'll hit me later on. But I'm going to go actually try to. My buddies have tried to help me understand my suspension. I have a I don't get it. I just ride. You're talking right now about what you're doing to your bike. And I'm like, cool, unplug, plug like. Neat, just hop on, hit the button, let's go. So, I uh power band, power Power band, power band, Billy Edmondson. Okay, and uh, yep, he he has been on my other podcast and he's helped some professional writers Mm -hmm. undisclosed, he's also helped some professional writers disclosed, Mm -hmm. and he has a shop in Tavares. I just want to go. I want to walk in because they have an open shop. You can go up there. It's in various Oh, that's cool. You can walk up, and I want to go sit with him and say, explain to me. Yeah. Naive old man what this means, what this means, when it
1: kicks. Draw it out with crayons if you yes. have to. <laughs>
0: explain to me so I can understand because I have friends that say, well, what do you feel? Oh, well, I don't know what I feel. I just ride. Yeah. Well, what what happens here? so for you to be talking about yeah we have to flash this we have to flash that and i'm like cool that is gibberish to me but you have an understanding of it your dad has an understanding of it but most importantly the people that are you're surrounding yourself with have the understanding yeah. because i will tell you it's nice to have the understanding but it's also nice to hop on and have the confidence that it's just going to work
1: yeah absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely.
0: not to take so keep going so you're flashing. You're flashing back to stock, flashing back to race, making sure it's good.
1: How do the steps go after that? So after that, we'll put it back on the bike. And the issue with this this problem that we're having is it's extremely, extremely, extremely intermittent. It, it didn't happen to me at the FTR, the first FTR of the season, but it happened to me at GNCC. And then... It's pretty much happened to me every GNCC after break. Like, it even happened to me at Ironman uh, this, this two weekends ago. Um, but it doesn't happen to me when I'm out practicing at the house. It's just extremely intermittent what's happening. So we're basically tying up any loose ends that we can think of and just praying that we don't have to...
0: I think you need some conduit, and you need to run all the wires through because after so many, so long... It's like so, there's a wire touching somewhere. That's it I'm has going, to be. I'm going with that. I'm going with that. I'm going with that. Oh, you've got a wire on that gets back.
1: and and later on, uh, maybe like episode ten or fifteen, we yeah. we we'll figure it out. It, yeah. We'll figure it
0: out. But I'm going with that. I'm going with the hey, rewrap all the wires. There's a
1: wire grounding somewhere. Yes, because because if it's
0: not happening when you're out here, but you don't go for over thirty minutes. Yeah, out and An gear. FTR race is only an hour and fifteen, and your races are two. So when's it happening?
1: Yeah, it's, well, it varies. Typically, it's towards the end of the race, I will say. There you go. So maybe I just need to do like a three-hour long moto out here in the, in the, for lack of better words, yeah. the hell hole out here. We can go and, ride with all the people on Sunday. Oh, yeah, and, and just, just ride with them. Go on the train tracks yeah. and, and ride out For there. those that
0: don't know, we live, we live out in the middle of nowhere, and on Sunday, the people that make all of us off-road racers look bad come ride their side-by-side squads and dirt bikes down the railroad tracks the easement and they literally they start and they ride and they ride all day and they ride from one city to another city and they turn around and at dark they go home and i always laugh because i'm like they're the reason that we racers get a bad name and we ride on our own property we never leave our property Mm we 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 trailer our bikes everywhere when we go ride and we're the reason, we are not the reason that there's a bad name. It's the people that are riding on other people's property because for some reason, people haven't figured out that there's no property that's publicly owned in this area.
2: Yeah. Everything no. is privately
0: owned. So when you're riding, you're riding on someone's property. Yeah. But uh, that being said, if you really want to test it, an endurance test, you should just go ride with them. Yeah. They don't get in trouble. So you could hop no, in and ride with them. Yeah, they not in trouble. But you would look weird because you wear a helmet and gear.
1: Yeah, they do not do that. No.
0: Sunglasses, no. maybe, and maybe a hat. Yeah. But in uh, and flip-flops and, or Crocs. But, well, I hope you get that figured out. So training-wise, what does it look like for you? Do you – is it just riding? Is there cardio? What What is a – you're moving up to the A-class, so you saw what that looked like at the Ironman. What do you have to shift for your program and go ahead and put in order as you prepare for next season?
1: Um, I'm really going to try and start pushing this cross-training thing that I talked about last podcast. Um, like I got the – the set of flex bars for the dirt bike um to to help aid in the cross training and um i'm just going to really try and push that this off season um probably a little bit of off the bike cardio whether that's running e-bike rides road bike rides or just regular mountain bike rides um that will be in play as well i don't really do any strength training obviously if you're watching the video form of this podcast you will see that very clearly um it's okay but i still love you (laughs) but uh yeah november and december not much going on there's that like we like you spoke about earlier in the podcast there's that the one ftr race in november then there's another one in december however i'm gonna have to miss it due to the gncc banquet Um, i'll be up in west virginia for that one Um, that's worth it yeah i think so yeah and uh yeah just a lot of bike work hopefully doing some cross training, uh, getting home from work. That's the nice thing about the, the dirt bike is it is a heck of a lot quieter than the, than the four by four is. So I can maybe sneak home after work and, uh, hopefully be riding by five 30, And if I lug it around, like it's a four stroke, then, uh, then I hopefully won't get in trouble with, uh, get called out on Facebook anymore. <laughs> and, uh, like that has happened in the past. So, uh, We'll have, yeah. some, we'll
0: have to hit some moto tracks on a Saturday or something. Yeah,
1: I would love to. I've actually been uh, thinking about that maybe because uh, with the quad, I can't really go to too many yeah. places. So maybe I have to go go to some places that I'm that I'm not allowed maybe, to go.
0: Maybe we'll do a. Uh, maybe we can go out and we can do a, a podcast from one of the motocross tracks of us training and just getting some seat time. Oh, that me, would be fun. Me with my kickstand and you with your yeah. two thousand five two fifty, and we can just go out and do. We, we can go do a ride day. At one of the, I mean, there's a gazillion of them. We can pick one of the ones and just go ride, and we can do a podcast from there and talk about the cross training stuff and and that kind of thing. And
1: um, maybe we can do a little crossover event and uh, convince Ryland to come out and ride with us, and he can join us on the XC side of the yeah. the podcast. I've,
0: I've, he would be he'd be game for that. He's he's pretty cool, pretty cool kid. I'd like to introduce him to this side at yeah, some absolutely. point just because he's. I've a, never met him. I was love a, to meet He's him. a cool kid. He's, for those that don't know, think of Ryan Dungy at 6'2". He's got that Ryan Dungy yeah. face. But it's so funny. For you guys, the XC guys, we're a little different. But we still care about our health. So Saturday at the race, I'm like, hey, man, it's going to be late. You want to grab something to eat on the way home? I'm sure there's something we can find for you to eat. And he's like, Mr. Trey, he goes, I bought my dinner with me course you did of course <laughs> you did. so he had his healthy food his snacks he is part of coach rob's program mm-hmm. so he has his food he has his stuff yeah. so i talked to him and I'm, I'm gonna meet with him in gainesville on friday i'm gonna drive up friday morning and meet with him and uh i said hey man we're gonna be done you're gonna meet him pretty quick it's it's not a long test it's we're doing some vo2 max stuff and mm-hmm. some different things and uh I was like, you want to grab some lunch? And we can just sit and talk. Oh, yeah. Let me search the restaurants to see if there's something that we can eat. As it's apparent, I don't care what I eat. <laughs> when I'm with him, I eat really yeah. healthy. So we're in a college town, so there's a lot of options. Yeah, absolutely. So he texts me today. I look forward to it. I can't wait. I found a couple restaurants that we can go eat at mm-hmm. for lunch. And I'm like, fantastic. So... It, I know he's supercross, and that's his goal. But it, it doesn't matter if you're supercross or top level of cross country. Minus Stu Baylor. Yeah, minus Stu Baylor. The rest of the... And Adam McGill. Yeah, but even Adam does stuff, I think. But for the most part, they there is a training regimen and a dietary yeah. care that these guys have. I mean, and it just cracks me up because... Then there's guys like me and my friends, and it's like, yeah, we want to be healthy, but damn, that beer on Friday night really sounds good. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And so we are healthy, and then we, uh, hey, Rylan, you want to drink a beer? Like we, we, he came down to visit. You want to drink? a Oh, our battery oh, our died. Fan died. Okay. Uh oh. You want to You want to drink a beer? I've never had a beer. Really? Oh, no. He says one time I had a beer. What about a soft drink? I've never had. He drinks water, and I'm like. Dude, we gotta get you to. But then I feel guilty as as the person who's supposed to be. It's like your peer pressure. It. It's like <laughs> I don't want to peer pressure you, but there is this life thing that yeah, it's, it's you're not limited it's to okay. it. It's okay, but I also this is his belief. This is what he does, and I'd like to dive in. I can't wait to. I, I would love to get a guy like Jesse Ansley or Absolutely. one of those guys on that they kind of do this off road wise. I'd love to get one of the the high guys on and see what. If they're the same way, or if occasionally they let their hair down, like yeah, we can't do Stu. And I'm not making fun of Stu because whatever he does works for him, and I don't know if he actually would be the same if he did one of those programs. Absolutely. I, I I believe that you you get into your program and you believe that program and that's what works for mm-hmm. you. And but I I only say that because like for him for him we've talked for years about what he needs to do and. You're having success, but is there something that we can change and what's gonna make
1: you better? Yeah, and, and, and Yes, you're already good, but what can make yeah. you that much better? Yeah,
0: so we we joke and that's gonna be kind of I think we might have a focus on that of like, is there stuff you're adding as we get into next season? Is stuff you're adding, is there stuff you've taken away? Is there something you changed? Yeah. Is there so that I think that would be a fun way to do it and just so you guys know, MJ's working hard on This side, I am not the go out and get the interviews. I will sit down and do the interviews. Mm -hmm. I'm not the go out on on the motocross side. That is Derek's. On the off-road side, that's MJ. Not because I think I am a super, super shy person. If someone introduces me, we will talk for hours. Yeah. But I'm not going to be the one to walk up to you and start a conversation. um, Point blank. So, MJ's working hard on getting some guests. We will probably do stuff remotely um this is a, a cut down version we don't have our podcast set up we're doing yeah. it remotely so we are very very flexible so if we need to go to a writer's house we'll do that and um we're gonna do stuff like i think it'd be awesome to do one at the new motor bros when it opens yeah. up and go down there and how many jumps did you roll i jumped i rolled all of them Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't talk about, one. Yeah, and talk <laughs> about what it's like to be an uncomfortable guy on a dirt bike yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. So we're going to hit a lot of stuff. We're going to get Jason back in here at some point because I actually love it. He's, he's an opinionated son of a gun, but he actually follows this stuff. And yeah, and, very knowledgeable person. And he's super knowledgeable and, and he has fun talking about it. So we're going to get him in with us one night and we're going to do stuff. And it's kind of slow right now, but we're keep talking about things if there's nothing to talk about we may just put content out instead um but for this week it was really the mid-east and it was the ftr yeah and it was the fun at the mid-east and it was the i'm gonna say the star power on the sunday race at ftr it yeah. was for missing a few of the top riders there were still quite a few top riders Absolutely. and um good turnout good racing And even though it's getting colder, racing is still hot in this area of the country. And um, like I said, if you're on vacation, you're coming down to visit family, bring the bikes. There's a race. There's places to ride. There's off-road parks. There's Croom, which is if you follow motocross or off-road, every major rider from the 70s to now burns laps at Croom. Oh, yeah. Cooper Webb and Aaron Plessinger were at Crome before Outdoor Nationals this year, mm. burning laps. Yeah, on a Tuesday because no one goes on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So there are places to ride down here, things to do. There's a new enduro that's been added. So there's, golly, there is stuff just absolutely. Florida is the place to be in the winter time. I'm guessing probably like California and Texas. Yeah. but if you're coming down to Florida to go to Disney World, pack up the bikes. Find a race and come join us. And if you're really interested, reach out to us. We'll do a pod with you. And we don't care. Like, we really don't care. But uh, anything you want to add before we wrap it up?
1: I don't think so. Nothing too crazy. And if, um, like he was talking about with the interviews, if there's anybody that you guys specifically want us to try and get on an interview. Be realistic. Yeah. Because we are are small. I don't know the numbers. I don't have access to the numbers. But... I'm sure we are not the biggest off-road podcast or MX podcast out there. So, um, In Spanish, they're Pequito. Muy piquito? Or mm, just mu- Pequito? We'll say Muy piquito. Muy piquito. So pequito. we're Muy Pequito in the podcast realm. So be realistic. Yes, we have our s- sources and our contacts. But, you know, do I think we can get Stu Baylor on the podcast? Not as of now. No. So, you know, be realistic in, in who you want and who you ask about, of course, everybody wants the the top guys but if there's an amateur that you guys want us to to shout like nick DeFeo or jojo cunningham on the dirt bike side or um somebody on the quad side like uh i think grayson eller would be a great interview um he's an xc2 quad rider uh for phoenix racing his dad actually owns phoenix racing the team well, that'd be cool i'd like so to talk about phoenix racing that would be a that'd great be cool. interview and i've also seen his dad also get on a podcast as well so Maybe we could get the two of them to come on one day Does that so mean we have to go to north carolina
0: though is that where they're based out of where are they based out of north carolina we,
1: I, that's a good i tool. mean if you're down i'm down yeah, I'm good. we'll we'll we'll, we'll, do we'll, it. we'll get out there but okay. uh yeah, I think that's all I have so. okay well as always that's m j
0: Adonis who are your sponsors you have to you um, have to get you have to get smoother at this
1: so yeah I have my weeklies because yeah. i uh you have so many. You have to. Yeah, around. I'm not. I'm not used to the podium. You know, <laughs> as a kid, I never got the. I never really got the opportunity to thank my uh, sponsors. So here's my weekly. Um, as of now, it's J parts. Um, anything really, four x four um, on the Polaris or Can Am side. I know they do a little bit for sports quads, but mostly for four by fours. Um, the slack in your Can Am steering, um, from that bushing, the stem, and the pitman arm, and the pitman arm bushing. Uh, they sell a kit. Um, all in, you're about 850 I think, but that comes with a brand-new stem, brand-new pitman arm, and both bushings. It's going to eliminate your slack, and you're not going to have to replace those bushings. I got new bushings at the beginning of this year. Haven't had to replace them all season, and that's multiple GNCC races, multiple FTRs, Mideast races. Um, so clearly, clearly the best product on the market and way okay. better than stock, along with their tie rods and ball joints. Um, as you know, uh, at the Georgia race, I had an OEM tie rod fail on me. Well, after that, we upgraded, uh, J parts haven't had an issue since. So, um, another one, as you can see on my hat, ignore my long hair. We have, uh, the Voight family. Um, they own TMS traffic management solutions. They are a huge sponsor that has recently come on board this season, really over the summer, um, we've been friends for a while now, but really over the summer, they've come on board with the program and really excited things coming for 2023 or 2024, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so, and I can't wait to anounce, announce those things hopefully here on the podcast. First first, uh, first announcements with it. So, um, those are my two sponsors for the day. Shout out to TMS, the Voigt family, and shout out to Jay Parts for making some amazingly phenomenal. Amazingly phenomenal. Amazingly great products for, especially the Can-Am and Polaris. Well, for me, since we're going our shirts, I'm going to say
0: this is always bought to you by Michelle and Trey with Century 21 at your service Realty. And damn it, USA.
1: In the so, USA. In the
0: USA. But no, uh, this is always because of my wife and our, her commitment to my love. Uh, of racing this is this whole thing is funded by Michelle and Trey Real Estate and um, we just love racing we love watching kids do things that astound us Um, and we'll do it again next week I I say 34.5 I don't know what we're going to do when there's a break with the motocross podcast because we are going to take a break I don't know if we have an invisible number, or if we, like, if it's next week and there's episode, there's no 35, and we we come, do we just come three? Because that's going to be weird, but guess what? It's okay.
1: Or we do 34.75. Yeah, Yeah, something like that.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, we're literally doing this as we go, but um, no, we have fun, and I love hearing the off-road side from MJ and kind of diving in more, and we're going to have fun. We're always gonna have fun doing it. We're we're gonna be serious, but we're also just gonna have fun. Whether we're sitting in someone's trailer doing this, mm-hmm. or we're sitting in someone's shop, or we're sitting in someone's car with a thing attached to a,
1: it's a like a, a phone mount on yeah. the window. Yeah. We're,
0: we're gonna have fun doing it, and we're gonna bring the information, and um, we look forward to the interaction. MJ is much better at the interaction with the community, and um, I'm just more or less the mouthpiece but uh look forward to it thank you for joining us for episode 34.5 which is episode two for those that are trying to figure this all out this is episode two of the uh, beyond the curve the mx podcast goes off road that's mj i'm trey we'll see you next time Bye bye